0: Okay. Is that is that better? Is that Can you guys hear me now? Can you guys Yes, no, maybe. So, yes. All right. There we go. It's like nobody wants this in there, you know? Nobody wants this to be out there. And I don't I don't blame them. Now, there have been many, many times in my life where Um, people have questioned, why when you came back stateside, you decided to go into the field of health and medicine? Why did you go and study something completely different to what you knew? Why did you go to brick and mortar school? Why did you all these classes and not give a shit degree or not? And it's like, it's not about someone giving you a paper to tell you that you know what you're talking about, right? It's about gaining the knowledge and going through systeming the questions and having access to the right people, the right people that can answer those questions. And that has to do with what I saw on containers. I've said that before. Now, today learn what all of this means. There's so many people out there with so much misinformation purposeful. People throwing around terms, MIR, mRNA, DNA, and not everybody knows what they are. The effects of these things don't show up same day. Some do, because your body will reject it immediately. You will cease to exist. It can cease your heart, your brain activity. Uh, You can go into anaphylactic shock. Uh, You can get a bunch of um, diseases from foreign things used to hear a lot of audio crackling man i, I don't even know what to say <laughs> i'm trying i'm really trying trying um i hope it's not that modulated damn it is this better i'm gonna try it out is the audio less cracky right now i don't know why this is happening out of all days today. So it's better here? Better? Oh jeez. I don't know. I mean, I've just got to figure that out, huh? I don't know if it's like, but my mate. This really sucks out of all today. So I wanted to first say, great job, Ohio. So yesterday live on the Tory says show, we all click send at the same time and we got the Ohio legislators to kick back and make it illegal and introduce a bill that makes it illegal to have COVID passports. <laughs> that means Walmart and them can't really enforce that stuff. Gosh darn it. We already have laws that protect us. So the question should be great answer legislators i freaking love it because it protects us for later right and if that timeline ensues but um doesn't really not really necessary have those federal and state laws that protect us it's funny how a lot of people are questioning is it even legal to be defiant on vaccination passports here's a report That um, was put out by Newsmax. And I'd like all of you to listen very carefully to what is being said. Very, very interesting. Take a listen.
1: A break. I think that has huge privacy implications. We are not going to have you proof of this just to be able to live your life normally. And I'm going to be taking some action in in an executive function, emergency function here very shortly.
2: Now, the announcement comes after reports surfaced that President Biden would require people to prove they have been vaccinated in order to gain access to some businesses, offices or rest. This is a plan the White House has been pushing. Joining us now to talk more about this constitutional law attorney and host of Just the Truth podcast, Jenna Ellis. She's also a former senior advisor to President Trump. And back with us again, constitutional law attorney and legal analyst, Amir Beno. Amir, Jenna, great to see you both. So, Jenna, what's your take on this? Vaccine passports, are they legal under the Constitution?
3: Yeah, well, we have to analyze, of course, uh, the difference between the federal government and the state government action and whether it's the executive branch versus the legislative function and then and all of those implications. So um, in a nutshell, no. uh, President Biden's administration cannot. Uh, put issue these vaccine passports for interstate travel. Uh, that's something that would be unconstitutional as an executive function. Um, if we're talking about the legislature in Congress, that would also have implications on the fundamental right to travel and whether the government has a compelling interest, even if Congress wanted to do this uh, through the legislature, or whether it's um, a state function. And if we're talking about the states, this is about whether not, the government, as a question, can require you uh, and basically coerce you to get a mandatory vaccine in order to prove that you have the right to travel. And so a fundamental right has to be uh, exercised without. And so this to travel basically into a mere privilege. And so on for a lot of different reasons, the emergency powers of the executive function do not allow this kind of restriction on the fundamental It's
2: an interesting breakdown, Amir, between state and federal powers, legislative powers, executive powers, etc. You know, there are also the fundamental issues here uh, that come with forcing people to get vaccines. This has been an issue that the Supreme Court has dealt with before, but obviously, you know, we're talking about new technology as the twenty-first century.
4: Yeah, well, requiring people to get a vaccine is uh, issue. This issue is really can require people to show a certification that they got a vaccine in order to gain access to public places, in order to go into businesses, in order to eat at a restaurant. That's what And so it's sort of, th- so it sort of the ball down the field that just runs into all sorts of institutional and statutory problems. For instance, federally, we have the Americans with Disabilities Act, which says that you cannot treat somebody differently. Uh, you cannot discriminate against them having uh, some sort of perceived disability, the link. Language-
0: oh, wait a minute. That's what's up. Thank you, Amir. Because we already have the laws in place. That's what's up. See, this is what's up. That is it. We don't have to make laws. <laughs> I told you, this is it. I told you a couple days ago when we drafted that first letter, right? This is it. This is it. We're still free on paper. You cannot discriminate. Bingo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Language is broad enough to encompass to somebody who does have an immunity to a particular virus. Say the mm-hmm. coronavirus And so uh, this sort of proposal would seem to run afoul of the Americans with Disabilities Act, as well as many state and local municipal civil rights statutes that currently exist. It's rife with problems.
2: And real quick, you know, I saw somebody just reply to your tweet on Twitter here. They say, you know, people are concerned about how this can be used as leverage and bullying against them. You know, you're not vaccinated. You can't come in here.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, of course, as Amir just pointed out, I mean, there there isn't any sort of exemption that the Biden administration is currently talking about, about, about people who maybe conscientiously object to the vaccine, who well, I've already had COVID, I have antibodies, or just don't want to take vaccines in general. And so this type of uh, discrimination and this type of uh, really coercion.
0: keyword didn't I say it? Discrimination. Now, I mean, we don't need to just use their words of anything else but medical discrimination. I told you it's a medical condition. If you don't have a vaccine, if you're not vaccinated, it's a medical condition. They are assuming you are immune deficient. And so because you are immune deficient, you are banned from doing things. I mean, HIV patients are immune deficient and they can still give blood, which is dangerous.
3: To not allow uh, the right to travel or access to business, just pointing out that does run afoul of fundamental um, equal protection principles as well. So I don't see that this would um, ever merit uh, a a constitutional threshold of saying that this is something constitutional. And we also know from a really early 1900s case of Jacobson versus Massachusetts, uh, that case has been really manipulated in the media. (laughs) Um, The the problem with that case is that it wasn't about the government coercing a vaccine. It's whether or not a nominal penalty for not taking a vaccine is constitutional. And in that instance, the government said that it was. But now we're talking about denying Access, we're denying uh, that type of equal protection for some fundamental rights here. I don't think the Biden administration wants to go down the road, and certainly this is going to be challenged if he ends up doing that.
2: Counselors, thank you for your time. Great talking with you both. Thank you.
0: Great to hear that some people are using their favorite words against them. Now, uh, uh, for those of you uh, on Live and Facebook, I urge you to come to Twitter Trovo because those feeds are going to be cut Right now, and uh, we are going to continue where you're going to see the dispelling of what mRNA really is and what the end game is. And believe it or not, the end game was posted live. I've told you that you share DNA with a banana. And I also told you that when I went to school, how I learned about cancer and genetics was by taking plant pathology. I mean, that's the only textbook that I'm already cited in uh, for changing the way it's taught. I didn't contribute, no, no, no. I told the professor, that's wrong. And so I want you guys to understand how deeply seated this is and how this technology had already existed over a decade ago Hence, my re-education, right? How I shifted from government, politics, law, and language, which was what I was doing all this time in financial, which is more white-collar, to medicine. And it's very, very important. Now, before we do that, I would like to share with you an interview our president had with um, Alara Trump, and it was banned on Facebook. So here we're going to see our favorite man pretty much having a convo. And it was posted on Rumble, which they dare not take off. And we're going to play that. Um, Should this tactical zoom lens be made illegal? I'm not playing their ads. Skip ad. There we go. So let's go full. All right. So now let's listen to our president talk. Here we go. Once I unmute the site.
5: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to The Right View. I'm Laura Trump, and I am so honored to have a very special guest with me this evening. But 75 million of you out there voted for him. You've been dying to hear from him. So here with me this evening, I'm honored to have our 45th president of the United States, my father-in-law, President Donald J. Trump. Well, I just want to start by asking you the question that I get asked the most. Everyone wants to hear, how are you doing? How has it been down here?
6: Well, it's been great. It's Florida. It's a beautiful state. One state, we had a tremendous election result in Florida, yes. like millions and millions of dollars being spent against us, and we had a, a big victory, I guess, unprecedented victory. And uh, as we did in many states, and we should have had in all states, but I'd still, in my opinion, by a lot. of people, it was graceful was a third world country vote, uh, and it's uh, it's a shame. It's an absolute shame, but it's being looked at by a lot of different people we had a fantastic uh, election, you know. I say I ran twice, and we did better the second time by a lot, by 12 right. million votes, and uh, so. But I love Florida; it, it's a spectacular place.
5: Yeah, well, a well-run state, we would say. Um, I want to ask you because it took 65 days for Joe Biden to finally come out and do a press conference. As you were on the way to Marine One and say, "Let you ask me questions." no note card. We saw the press conference that Joe Biden had, if you can even call it that. He had a lot of notes. He had printouts with people's faces and names on it, who to call on, who not to call on. What was your takeaway from from that press conference?
6: Well, I think the press conference is probably the least of it. People saw a lot of things happening long prior to the press conference and even the trip up the stairs, up and down three times. There were a lot of things, a lot of things are going on so we'll see what happens. I hope he's in good shape. I hope he's okay for the sake of uh, the country.
5: Yeah. Versus yeah. the way they covered you. Every year being obsessed with your physical. I remember when you were at West Point walking down a, a slippery slope, but uh, you know, there were no handles on either side. I know you had slippery shoes on. So you took your time to go down for a week straight. All they talked about was, are you fit to be president of the United States? Which we know is absolutely ridiculous But they haven't given the same treatment or scrutiny to Joe Biden when it comes to that. Um, I think Americans are a little bit frustrated by that, and I think we should be demanding transparency, especially when it does come to the health of the president of the United States.
6: Well, you know, when you do speeches, you sort of know if you did well or not well or however it is. And I think I made my best speech, or certainly one of them at West Point. And it's pouring, raining, beautiful but raining, and it's wet. And it was just a sheet of steel, no pleats in it, nothing, nothing. And it was like an ice skating rink. And the last thing I wanted to do was go down. And I saw that, and and they had no railings, really brilliantly, you know, put up. Whoever put it up ought to be ashamed of themselves. So I'm next to a general who has big rubber shoes on, and a good guy, by the way, the commandant. And I say, General, I'm not grabbing you, but I may have to grab you because this is a sheet of ice. So I went down inch by inch like this. I should have just run down the stairs. You could they have. made such a big deal yeah. and they never covered my speech. That was, I thought, one of the best speeches. And I never, they never covered the speech. Never even discussed it. I didn't see it. All they do is they have me walking down inch by inch down this ramp. I said, the next time have stairs please. And it was one of those things. And, but they covered that for weeks. And this guy falls down three times, he couldn't get up the third time, he didn't know where the hell he was. And it was not on the evening news other than a couple of networks, but it wasn't on ABC, CBS, NBC, I don't think. And it got almost no coverage. It's incredible. Now everybody got to see it because one thing it gets out there one way or the other, but it was actually a pretty sad situation. Yeah. One truth. It was also sad for the same point that we don't have freedom of the press anymore.
5: Yeah, well, that, that is for I sure. I mean,
6: I remember when Gerald Ford fell down the stairs. That was such a big deal. That was, that. well, actually, it helped ruin his presidency. You want to really know.
5: It was such a big deal. We all knew it could be used against the Biden family, Joe Biden, should he ever become president of the United States. But maybe give me your take on where we stand in terms of censorship for conservatives, because we are censored. There is no question as conservatives. We are censored on social media. They are always fact checking everything. I feel like you might have something coming up. I don't know if you're ready to make an announcement yet, but that will help uh, allow, you know, conservatives to have freedom of speech, maybe a, a possible social social media platform.
6: Well, I think the censoring really, uh when they didn't show Hunter Biden all of the things that were happening with Enter, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to get somebody in trouble. He had some difficulties, okay? Yeah. But when they didn't show any of that during the campaign, they just cut it out, like canceled, I guess. You'd call it yeah. cancel culture, right? But when they didn't show that, to me, that was really the beginning because it was bad. It's, always, it's been fake for a long time. It used to be fake where they'd come up, and I'd come up, and you'd fight, or somebody else, but you'd fight. And the public can believe one way. They might believe me. They might believe the other side, or they might believe an anchor or whoever's into But they didn't bring Hunter up. It was just really canceled. And later on, polls came out that showed.
0: So what he is explaining. Oops. Okay. Um that's bizarre. I don't know if you guys hear me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Let's see. Anything? Um you can I can't hear me though. Um Alright, now you can hear me. Is that good? Alright. Is that better? Yes? Better? Better? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like I was underwater. Is that better? Choppy. How's that? Man, I've had to reset my system while keeping it live, okay? They really don't want you guys to hear this. This really sucks. It really, really sucks. Um, Tell me if that's any better. Okay. This is the best I can do right now. I mean, jeez can't believe this crap. How are the, is that better? No crackling? It's like I'm audio troubleshooting for like 15 minutes. Um, not better.
7: (sighs) This freaking sucks.
0: French. trying to think um, dang. um wow they really don't want this out there's no explanation I've changed nothing there's no wires that could be whatever I've swapped them all out with new ones from packages I'm so confused as to what the heck okay does this sound better no I'm underwater okay what about that What about that? Okay. Is this better? I can hear my, you know what? This is being throttled like crazy right now. All right. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to disconnect my feed. Um, And try this again. See you in a sec. I can feel it. Anybody? Mm, I am. Yes. Okay. Clearer. Better. Better. Alrighty then. Since it's better, let's um, let's do this. Let's see. Where are we going to go? We're going to go to that interview quickly that nobody (laughs) wants you to see. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, the back end of the internet was fine. It was just the front facing internet. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to just rewind it a little bit.
6: talked about what he's doing to destroy energy and the Second Amendment now is going to be next. You're going to destroy. They're going to destroy the Second Amendment. All of the things that they're doing are things, raise taxes at a level, the biggest tax increase in history. Those were not things that were discussed at all during the election.
5: Yeah. Well, you brought up a good point. Uh, it, it was actually a little upsetting as an American to see him trip up the stairs so many times. But the media coverage of that versus the way they covered you, every year being obsessed with your physical. I remember when you were at West Point walking down a a slippery slope, uh, uh, you know, there were no handles on either side. I know you had slippery shoes on. So you took your time to go down for a week straight. All they talked about was, are you fit to be president of the United States? Which we know is absolutely ridiculous, but they haven't given the same treatment or scrutiny to Joe Biden when it comes to that. Um, it, I think Americans are a little bit frustrated by that. And I think we should be demanding transparency, especially when it does come to the health of the president of the United States.
6: Well, you know, when you do speeches, you sort of know if you did well or not well, or however it is. And I think I made my best speech or certainly one of them at West Point. And it's pouring, raining, beautiful, but raining. And it, it's wet and it was just a sheet of steel no pleats in it. No nothing. Nothing. And it was like an ice skating rink. And the last thing I wanted to do was go down. And I saw that. And I, and they had no railings really brilliantly, you know, put up. Whoever put it up ought to be ashamed of themselves. So I'm next to a general who has big rubber shoes on and a good guy, by the way, the commandant. And I say, general, I'm not grabbing you, but I may have to grab you because this is a sheet of ice. So I went down inch by inch like this. I should have just run down the stairs. You could have made such a big deal and they never covered my speech. That was, I thought one of the best speeches and I never, they never covered the speech, never even discussed it. I didn't see it. All they do is they have me walking down inch by inch down this ramp. I said, the next time have stairs, please. And it was one of those things. And, but they covered that for weeks and this guy falls down three times. He couldn't get up the third time. He didn't know where the hell he was. And It was not on the evening news other than a couple of networks, but it wasn't on ABC, CBS, NBC, I don't think. And it got almost no coverage. It's incredible. Now, everybody got to see it because one thing, it gets out there one way or the other. But it was actually a pretty sad situation, if you want to know the truth. It was also sad from the standpoint that we don't have freedom of the press anymore
5: yeah well that that is for sure i mean i
6: remember when gerald ford fell down the stairs that was such a big deal that was that well actually it helped ruin his presidency you want to really know the truth i think it was really every time you see him they show him now falling down the stairs and with biden they don't want to show it at all it is a dishonest media that we have
5: yeah well they certainly uh, allowed him to Uh, go unchecked throughout the campaign. They never called him out on anything. We know that uh, big tech, social media outlets were censoring things. Jack Dorsey of Twitter just recently said that it was a mistake uh, to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story during the campaign, which we know, we all knew was such a big deal. We all knew could be used against the Biden family. Joe Biden, should he ever become president of the United States? But maybe give me your take on where we stand in terms of censorship for conservatives, because we are censored. There is no question as conservatives. We are censored on social media. They are always fact-checking everything. I feel like you might have something coming up. I don't know if you're ready to make an announcement yet, but that will help uh, allow, you know, conservatives to have freedom of speech, maybe a, a possible social social media platform.
6: Well, I think the censoring really... Uh... When they didn't show Hunter Biden all of the things that were happening with Hunter, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to get somebody in trouble. He had some difficulties. Okay. But when they didn't show any of that during the campaign, they just cut it out like canceled, I guess you'd call it cancel culture. Right. But when they didn't show that to me, that was really the beginning because it was bad. It's always, it's been fake for a long time, but It used to be fake where they'd come up and I'd come up and you'd fight or somebody else, but you'd fight. And the public can believe one way or the other. They might believe me, they might believe the other side or they might believe an anchor or whoever's into, but they didn't bring Hunter up. It was just really canceled. And later on polls came out that showed it would have made a 10 point difference. A 10 point difference, that's a lot of difference.
0: So basically what he's explaining is, is that um, um, the media both, uh, I mean, the right kind of talked about it, but really didn't. But the media decided that they're all not going to talk about something. This is something you saw with Shadowgate. I know we want to hold the left accountable, but we already know they're not going to talk about truth. We already know they're not going to talk about facts, right? We already know. So, what is he telling you here? That there is a control of what information you have access to. That is a violation of the First Amendment. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody wanted to see anything about it. And that could have made a difference. It's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. That is what he is telling you, that there is a cap on what you are allowed to talk about. That is what he is saying. And without attacking the right, he's making it clear.
6: To me, that's where it actually began, this new phase. The new phase is you have something and they won't put it out. And that's whether it's scandalous or whether it's anything whether it's just good news they won't put it out and it's a very interesting time now we're getting it out i'm getting word out by using press releases i put it out by a press release and everybody's picking it up it's more elegant as a you know president etc etc so to me it's more elegant i think it's getting the word out about the same you do less of it because you know it's a little bit. And you can do longer. You can make it a little bit longer. Not that Mm -hmm. it should be that much longer. Usually it doesn't have to be too much longer, but you can do it longer. And I think we're getting the word out. And in addition, I'm looking at, you know, everybody wants me to be on the site because we had 90 million people on one. We had, I think, 36 million people on POTUS. Uh, We had sites of 10. Uh, That doesn't include Facebook. And then we had one of the biggest on Facebook, maybe the biggest, but one of the biggest on Facebook. So we had... You know, two hundred million people, I guess, or more. Mm-hmm. So everybody wants me to go in their site because the problem is they have sites but they have no people. And uh, Twitter has gotten very boring because I can see Twitter any. Because you're I gone,
5: want. they no, miss no. you. Well,
6: it's it's said <laughs> to have gotten very boring, and a lot of people are leaving Twitter. But it's got it's become boring and and uh, really uh, not the point of view is terrible. Uh, and people are leaving Twitter. A lot of people yeah. are leaving Twitter. So I think there's room for something. And I bring a lot of people with me. But we'll, we'll see. I, I must tell you, I love what we're doing now. I'll put a statement or two out or three or five, but I'll do them in a day. And I'll just dictate something out, write it out, put it out. And I do it in the form of a press release. It gets picked up by everybody.
5: So maybe we don't even need social media. You're going to go this route Well, I don't think
6: we do, and I may be wrong, but I don't think we do. But I think social media has become so corrupt that people aren't believing it anymore, really. I mean, a lot of it has become very corrupt. It's really become like the media itself, very corrupt. That's true. We don't have freedom of the press anymore. You know, we had freedom of the press, and it's a terrible thing to say, but we really don't have freedom of the press anymore. We have a corrupt press with a point of view. And that's all they want to do is sell the point of view. And why they want to sell it, because when you think of it, defund the police, open borders, look at our borders, look look what's happening. We had the borders the best they've ever been. The wall could have been finished in a very short period of time, a matter of weeks, just close up the little sections that we had to leave open to bring equipment back, et cetera, et cetera. And the wall could have been finished so quickly the wall is the best thing. It's, it, we built almost 500 miles of wall, and it's been a tremendous success. And all they have to do is finish it up. Now, you can put security there, and you have it fine, but the wall is better than anything you can do. It's really working. We have the best southern border in right. terms of what we're talking about that we've ever had. And in one day, he said, everybody come up. And once he said that, and what's going on now is nothing compared to what's going to take place during the summer during the summer, you're going to see things that nobody's ever seen before.
5: It's very upsetting, very hard Well, it's hard very to see. dangerous, yeah. and it's
6: very bad for our country, and they're destroying our country. Yeah.
5: Well, at the same time, by the way, that we're allowing uh, illegal immigrants to pour over our southern border, it seems like the woke left is focused more on things like canceling Mr. Potato Head, canceling Dr. Seuss books, uh, than actually doing things that are going to positively impact the American people. Meanwhile, our adversaries like China are working overtime to build up their economies, to do things for their people. How do you think we're being viewed right now around the world, whether by our adversaries or our allies? How do you think the United States is regarded right now?
6: I think that they can't believe what's happening. They don't believe it. They don't believe. uh, Can you imagine China looking at us and they're talking about Dr. Seuss? And that was like the big thing of the day. But it's it's long beyond Dr. Seuss. They want to take down monuments to heroes. They want to get rid of our history, obliterate our great history. Whether it's good or bad, you learn from it. You have to learn from history. Right. And some is bad and some is good. I would say most of it's good, but they want to obliterate our past. And once you do that, you don't have much of a country left. I think that China is very happy now. And I think that Russia and a lot of other countries are very happy. They're looking at what's going on. And they don't believe it.
5: Yeah, it's it's very scary. I think for a lot of Americans, they don't know where we will be ultimately. I think they felt very safe with you as president. You protected our country, whether it was our southern border, whether it was standing up around the world to to people that that meant us ill. Uh, and now we don't really know where we are. I want to move on to something. Although we
6: built the strongest military. Yes, we rebuilt the military. We have a military now like we've never had before. The equipment is the best, all made in the USA. We have Space Force. We did so much. Biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history. And that's why the base is so strong right now. That's why the base of the country, our base is strong. But the base of the country is strong. The foundation is strong. And that's why it can do so well where we have the highest stock market we've ever had. But that's going to erode just like energy. Mm -hmm. We're energy independent. In three months from now, we won't be energy independent because of what they're doing. And they never talked about this. They never said this. In fact, they said the opposite. They really lied during the campaign a lot about a lot of things.
5: They did. Well, we see gas prices already starting to go up, so it's already starting Very to happen. Very
6: substantially.
5: Um So I want to ask, because people ask me this too, will we ever be able to attend another Trump rally?
6: Oh, yeah, sure. I think so. <laughs> just, in fact, we're thinking about doing one relatively soon, just to let everybody know that... uh there's hope in the future. Look, when you look at what's happening to our country with all of the ideas and things, when you look at these Democrat-run cities where the crime is up 300 400 500%, and they don't do anything about it, shootings, killings, murders, rapes, they're up to 200%, 250%. No, there's, there's, it's a shame. What's, what's going on is just uh, very sad. Democrat-run cities. Yeah. And now, if you have a Democrat-run country, watch what's going to happen. It's uh, it's bad.
5: So we might be able to attend no, a Trump a rally. rally. Sure,
6: I mean, sure. I love doing okay. them. But more importantly, I think we get the word out. That's incredible. When we have rallies, you know, if you want a state, yeah, I can tell if we're going to win a state by a rally. When we set up a rally twenty-four hours before, and we have 40,000 people show up. In Florida, we had 55,000. In Butler, Pennsylvania, we had 52,000. When you have 52,000 people show up quickly for a rally, and they got there for four days, you know, you, right. you set it up four or five days early, and the people line up four days in advance. They stay in tents, and things. it's the Amazing. most incredible thing. And you get there. You leave, you say, there's no way I lost Pennsylvania. There's no way. No way you can lose Pennsylvania. And we didn't, by the way. We didn't. So, you know, it was a hoax. The whole thing was a hoax. And it's too bad, but uh, these rallies are great. Uh, there's never been anything. I think we did 56 of them in a short number of days. And they're big. That's not easy to do. No. When you think of you do three a day, four a day in some cases. And the last couple of days, I think we did five. I
5: was with you for a lot of those.
6: Right, five. And uh, then you go home and you watch the results. And at 1030, the election was over. We won. And then at three o'clock in the morning, you say, what happened? And then you look at these massive dumps where you're going, you look at the votes, and then you have these massive dumps. Uh, no, it was a corrupt, fraudulent election.
5: Well, that brings me to my final question for you. The beginning of this interview, I said, this is one thing everyone always asks me. The other question people all want to know, and I know you're not ready to answer it yet, but do we have hope that there's a possibility To see Donald Trump run again in 2024.
6: You do have hope. That I can tell you. You do have hope. Uh, We love our country. This country, uh, we all owe a lot to our country, but now we have to help our country. And we were there. We were so, so good. What we did with Iran, what we did with China, Mm -hmm. we were all set to do some great things. And, And then you see what's going on right now. China treated Our representatives last week was such in Alaska with such tremendous disrespect. They never talked to me that way. Uh, You look at North Korea. I got along with Kim Jong-un. And for four years, we had no problem. I mean, I was told by President Obama and everybody else that North Korea was our biggest problem. We're going to end up in war with North Korea if that group stayed in. And for four years, we had no problem with North Korea. Now, all of a sudden, you see the problem is starting again. No, we have a great country. We have to help our country.
5: And so we may see a Trump run again in 2024. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I want to say, say thank you so much for joining us here. We are honored. You were the first, this is the first interview you have done on camera since you left office. Oh. Um, I did call in a favor for this one directly from you. So okay. thank you for joining us. Um, and we hope that you will come back soon and we hope to, uh, to hear from oh. you on, either a press release or a social media outlet very
6: soon. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll see you in a little while.
0: (laughs) How awesome was that? Are you running for 2024? All I can say is that you do have hope. Oh, love that million dollar smile. Love it. Love it. Love it. So, you know, I have other things that I have in the back burner that I use, but they're just way more costlier, hence why I use the other one, but whatever, right? It is what it is. Um, Trovo was censoring the crap out of my feed. Um, I will look into that. So today you're going to learn about everything you need to learn about. You're going to learn what you need to know in regards to mRNA, You're going to understand how it functions and why it functions the way it does and why it's so important. And, um, I know a lot of people really don't like the truth. They don't. And it's not because they're, um, they're concerned in any sense, right? Of learning the truth. It's because it shatters their reality. When your reality is shattered, it's over. You get angry. You get aggressive. So I'm going to go to my Facebook page, actually, and share a video. I share it on Telegram. I think it's really important that people see this because here's where you see how deranged they really are in the sense of, you know, aggression and the way they push back to information. This was so bizarre to watch the response was bizarre to watch. I had never seen a response like that. The guy literally committed a crime on camera and didn't really care. Here we go. I shared it on my Facebook. Um, Let me unmute this. And that way you guys can see it as well. Um, Here we go. Take a listen.
8: Your masks, social distance. Just trust the narrative You've never been lied to about anything. The government loves you. Trust the media. You're all doing a great job. Keep wearing those masks, guys. Keep wearing those masks. You two are a little bit too close together. Sorry, can you guys social distance you in the orange? Come on, you're right next to all these people over here. Come on, think of your grandparents. This is crazy. But other than that, you're all doing a great job Trust in the narrative. Do what the news tells you. Do what the government tells you. You're all doing a great job. Congratulations, we love you. Congratulations for following the narrative and trusting the news and not questioning anything. You're all doing a great job complying with the narrative. There's definitely not a psychological operation happening when you're convinced of a reality that's based on fear that has nothing to do with what's actually happening fuck you you, fuck it. you, shut, the fuck you. you shut the fuck up wow he's
0: breaking his car
8: he's slamming
0: his car with a bicycle on camera that's aggressive dude, assault that's property damage dude
8: get
0: the fuck out of asian here asian lives matter
8: We're trying to wake people up because you've been psyoped. We love you people, but you've been psychologically, you've literally been psyoped.
0: And he broke his window.
8: Okay, are you happy now? Are you happy now, you fucking asshole? We're trying to wake you people up over here. You've been psyoped, brother. You've been psyoped. That's what a psychological operation is.
0: Better late than never. You want to
8: know the truth? You want to know the truth? The same number of people died this year and last year and last year. You've been psychologically manipulated, my friend. We still love you, but you need to wake the fuck up.
0: Huh. I mean, what's that going to do? Yeah, call What? What was it, Tom McDonald you know, said? this has
8: all been filmed, right? We've been... Call the knows, cops and order food crime.
0: and see what gets to you first.
8: I'm going to get a photo of this guy. Yeah, and this over right here. I got as Well.
0: And so that just happened. Like, uh, seriously, though, guys, seriously, seriously, that's crazy. This is how aggressive they become. That Those are the people that are going to be firing up the ovens when the time comes. Those people that are mentally insane. Wait till they find out what it is exactly that they put in their body. But I'm going to first demonstrate to you how things begin with, The intention for good. Remember, the road to hell is paved with amazing intentions. Intentions of good. So I'm going to show you not a very old video. It's actually not that old. It's from 2020. But here is the University of Massachusetts, specifically UMass, and how... They have pioneered microRNA-based silencing of the ALS gene safely delivered to patients. Let's break that down. They've created a way to safely change your DNA so you don't have ALS. I mean, how could you fault them for that? They're correcting a disease, right? That's super awesome.
9: Our body's ability to move starts in the brain. Upper motor neurons send signals down the spinal cord to lower motor neurons and then to muscles. When muscles contract, we move. One type of ALS is caused by mutations that are inherited in a gene called SOD1. The genetic defect carries down to the messenger RNA, producing a mutant SOD1 protein that accumulates, harming the cell. Eventually, this harmful buildup takes away a patient's ability to move. A first-of-its-kind gene therapy clinical trial, led by the University of Massachusetts Medical School, aims to reverse that damage using something called a vector. In this instance, an adeno-associated virus is being used. AAV is a naturally occurring, harmless virus. Pay attention. So they took
0: a harmless virus, right? They took a harmless virus. Step one.
9: But in the lab, gene therapy researchers transform it. They re-engineer parts of the AAV, replacing the guts of the virus's DNA with a synthetic microRNA that has been made specifically to target that defective SOD1 gene. It represents a new type of medicine that works on a genetic level inside of our bodies. This new recombinant AAV is then repackaged inside the harmless vector to be delivered to the study participant. In UMass Medical School's SOD1 clinical trial, the vector was injected into the spinal fluid of the trial participant, where it attached to the surface of the lower motor neuron, delivering a genetically modified therapeutic DNA. Now, with this therapeutic DNA inside the cell, it produces a synthetic tiny RNA that neutralizes the effects of that defective SOD1 gene. As a result of this gene therapy treatment, the cells produce far less of the harmful protein. Physician scientists hypothesize this could slow down or even reverse the progression of SOD1. Now, you
0: saw a new fancy term right there on the screen. Let me explain it to you. Hold on. Let's pull it back up. While I explain it to you, it's called RNAi Machinery, RNA Interference Machinery. Just wanted
9: to clear that up. Hypothesize this could slow down or even reverse the progression of SOD1 ALS.
0: See, the road to hell is always paved with amazing intentions. That's some pretty badass technology right there for people that have ALS correct. But for some reason, you know, no one's questioning the fact that we're having these problems right now (laughs) with this vaccine. Oh, wait, you really need to find out what this is about. So should we start with the medical community making fun of uh, CBS Health Watch, which, by the way, was it CBS that had uh, that pedo doctor that was friends with Ed Buck I don't know. But I thought I would show you this clip just so you can see. Misinformation is real, and it's not made up. And here are doctors laughing at CBS discussing gene silencing in 2009. Take a listen. It's a 28-second clip.
8: This aired on the news at 7. That's um, double-stranded RNA. Now watch carefully. Those are... Defective genes flying into the RNA. I actually had to loop this part a few times because I think they actually did it in five seconds. Um, So what's what's wrong with this picture? Well, genes don't really look like cheese curls (laughs) and uh, RNA.
0: And RNA is not like Pac-Man and nor is your DNA eating things. You see, misinformation is a real thing. It is so real. It is so horrific, but there's so many people putting it out there. Why? Why? What do they gain? A hell of a lot. So I thought that we can go to school today. It's very interesting. We are going to look at the more basic high school now, biology, right? Class from Khan Academy, right? Super awesome. Um, I have told you that I have contributed well, to a lot of their lessons, um, and it's important. It's the most easiest walkthrough for anyone to understand um, uh, DNA replication and RNA transcription and translation, because if you understand what RNA is and how your body makes it, then what you understand is why they're putting mRNA in you. That's to bypass the nucleus. Because so many people are like, don't worry, it doesn't go to nucleus. Fucking RNA doesn't need to be in the nucleus. It comes out of the nucleus and when they're giving it to you in a vector cell and what does a vector mean it means vessel it can be a jar a box a boat or a cell that is what a vector is so now we're going to go to school and watch Khan Academy which is incredible and 100% free so I can't be dinged um and all schools use it it's free to reuse and share So here we go. Let's go to school because then after this one, we're going to watch the medical entrance exam version of RNA and you're totally going to get it because see, they throw all these big fancy words, right? They do. And they confuse you. But this has been one of the best walkthroughs. So you can not only see how your genes are decoded, as you can see, We have like the DNA and I want you to picture it like a ladder, not a helix, like as if you've relaxed it to a ladder. And in there, this protein comes on like a zipper and it unzips the portion of the genetic code it needs to read. And it reads it and out comes this RNA that goes out into your cell where other things bind to it and translate that micro RNA, right? They translate it into what they need it to make. You understand? That's how it works. So it's going to walk you through this, and it's pretty awesome. Here we go. Let's go to school. His
10: structure as this double helix, this twisted ladder, makes it suitable for being the molecular basis of heredity. And what we want to do in this video is get a better appreciation for why it is suitable and and the mechanism by which it is the molecular basis for heredity. And we're going to focus on a conceptual level. I'm not going to go into all of the, uh, I guess you could say, biochemical details, really just give you the conceptual idea of what happens. So, right over here, this could be a fragment of DNA. I have what I have, uh, this is eight base pairs depicted. And just to be clear, we talked about this in the introductory video to DNA. DNA is a, is much more than, you know, a handful of base pairs. A DNA molecule can be tens of millions of base pairs long. So, for example, this might be a section of a much longer molecule. So, the much longer strand of DNA. And I, even there, I'm probably not, not giving justice to it. But this might just be this very, very small section, right? Let me just in a different color. This little section right over here zoomed in. So once again, it might be part of a molecule that has not seven or eight base pairs, but might have 70 million base pairs. So just like that. So just like that. So let's understand what a molecular basis of heredity would need to do. Well, first of all, it would need to be replicable, or need, or something. We we would need to be able to replicate it. As a cell divides, the 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 two new cells would want to have the same genetic material. So, how does DNA replicate? And this process is called replication. So, let me replication, and we covered this in the introduction video as well. But it's nice to see the different processes next to each other. And replication. Well, you can imagine taking either both uh, splitting these two sides of the ladder. And actually, let's do that. So let me copy and paste. So if I take that side right over there, and so let me copy and then paste it. And then there we go. A little bit of it is dropping below the video, but I think that serves the purpose. And then, and then let's copy and paste the other side. So let me select that, and then I copy, and then I paste, and it's just like that. And so you can imagine, if you were to split these, these I guess you could call them two sides of the ladder, then either side could be used to construct the other side, and then you would have two strands, two identical strands of the DNA. And so let's let's see what that actually looks like. So let me get my pen tool out now. Let me deselect this. Get the pen tool out, be, it's a new tool I'm using, so let me make sure I'm doing it right. All right, so from this side, from this left side, or at least what we are looking at is the left side, you can then construct another right side based on this information. A always always pairs with T, If we're talking about DNA. So, so adenine pairs with thymine, just like that. Thymine pairs with adenine. Let me do that a little bit neater. Thymine pairs with adenine, guanine pairs with cytosine, that's cytosine, cytosine pairs with guanine, falling a little bit down here. And just like that, I was able to construct a new right-hand side using that left-hand side. So maybe I'll do the, 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 new, the new sugar phosphate backbone in, in yellow. And we can do the same thing here using the original right-hand side. So using the or- original right-hand side once again, The T's pair with the A's, thymine, let me do that in that adenine's color. So we have an adenine and thymine, adenine and thymine, adenine and thymine. Thymine pairs with adenine, so thymine, adenine, thymine, adenine. Guanine pairs with cytosine, guanine, guanine, and then cytosine pairs with guanine. So cytosine, just like that. And so you can take half of each of this ladder and then you could use it to construct the other half. And what you've essentially done is you've, you've replicated the actual DNA. And this is actually a kind of conceptual level of how replication is done before a cell divides and replicates and and then the entire cell duplicates itself. So that's replication. So the next thing you're probably thinking about, okay, well, you know, it's nice to be able to replicate yourself, but that's kind of. Useless if that information can't be used to to define the organism in some way to to express what's actually happening. And so let's think about how uh, how the, the the genes in this 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 DNA molecule are actually expressed. So I'll write this as expression expression, and actually that actually warrants a a little. Bit
0: And I just wanted to point out, for those of you on the podcast, it's showing genetic code. Um, you'll see that, um, when there's transcription done, uh, one of them is replaced with uracil, and that's because it's a little bit different. But what he's showing is, you know, this whole gene genetic code, this DNA that's like unraveled, but it's only a small little snippet portion of it, right? That is, um, being replicated per se. But now he's going to talk about gene expression and how it gets written and done.
10: Of a little bit of a detour because you hear sometimes the words DNA and chromosome and gene used somewhat interchangeably, and they are clearly related, but it's worth knowing what, what is what. So when you're talking about DNA, you're talking literally about this molecule here that has this sugar phosphate base and it has these, the sequence of base pairs. It's got this double helix structure. And so this whole thing, this could be a DNA molecule. Now, when you when you have a, a DNA molecule and it's packaged together with other molecules and proteins and kind of given a, a broader structure, then you're talking about, then you're talking about a chromosome. And when you're talking about a gene, you're talking about a section of DNA that's used to express a certain trait or actually used to code for a certain type of protein. So for example, this could be, this this whole thing could be a strand of DNA, but this part right over, let's say in orange, I'll do it. This part in orange right over here could be one gene. It might define, it, it could, this are information for one gene, it could define a protein. This one might, this section right over here, could do, could be used to define another gene. And genes could be anywhere from uh, several thousand base pairs long, all the way up into the millions. And as we'll see, the, ways, the way that a gene is expressed, the way we get from the information for that section of DNA into a protein, which is really how it's expressed, is through a related molecule to DNA, and that is RNA. And actually, let me write this down. RNA. R-N-A. So RNA stands for ribonucleic acid. Ribonucleic acid. Let me write that down. ribonucleic acid. And so you might remember that DNA is deoxyribonucleic acid. So the sugar backbone in RNA is a very similar molecule. Well, now it's got its oxy. It's It's not deoxyribonucleic acid, it's ribonucleic acid. The R, let me make it clear where the RNA comes from. The R is right over there then you have the nucleic, that's the N, it's found, or, well, it's nucleic, and then it's A, acid. Same reason why we called the, the DNA nucleic acid. So you have this RNA. So what, what role does this play as we are trying to express the information in this DNA? Well, the DNA, especially if we're talking about cells with with nuclei, the DNA sits there, but it has to, that information has to, for the most part, get outside of the nucleus in order to be expressed. And one of the functions that RNA plays is to be that messenger, that messenger between a certain section of DNA and kind of what goes on outside of the nucleus so that that can be translated
0: into an actual protein. So the step... So as you hear, as you hear correctly... Is that the RNA is outside of the nucleus. Because it's outside of the nucleus that it is translated into whatever it needs. Now that can be anything. It could be something that then goes back into the nucleus. I want you to understand the process. This is why we're uh, taking it step by step, okay? RNA outside of the nucleus then goes inside the nucleus if it is instructed to do so. It's like coding on a computer, right? You're not going to have a text file file created within the OS you're going to be doing it outside of the OS For say, well let's just say you're coding um uh, cr- encryption and decryption right you're going to code that outside of the hardware's OS but that encryption decryption program that you've created can indeed create instructions to encrypt and decrypt within the OS and therefore goes there when you run the program. You have to run the program, right, in order to change the, the, the OS. I'm trying to um, make that clear. And this is showing you the distinct differences.
10: Step that you go from DNA to mRNA, messenger RNA, is called transcription. Let me write that down. Transcription. Transcription transcription and what happens in transcription let's go back to looking at one side of this one side of this DNA molecule So let's say you have that right over there let me copy and paste it So there we go actually I didn't want to do that I wanted the other side so actually I think I'm on the wrong let me go back here and so let me copy and then let me paste there we go. So let's say you have, let's say that you have part of this DNA molecule or you have one half of it, just like we did when we replicated it. But now we're not just trying to, we're not just trying to duplicate the DNA molecule. We're actually trying to create a corresponding mRNA molecule, at least for that section, that section of, for at least for that gene. So this might be part of a gene that actually, whoops, let me make sure I'm using the right tool this might be part of a gene that is, you know, this section of our DNA molecule right over there. And so transcription is a very similar conceptual idea where we're now going to construct a strand of RNA and specifically mRNA because it's going to take that information outside of the nucleus. And so it's very similar, except for when we're talking about RNA, adenine, instead of pairing with thymine, is now going to pair with uracil. So... Let me write this down. So now you're going to have adenine pairs, not with thymine, but uracil. DNA has uracil instead of the thymine, but you're still going to have cytosine and guanine. RNA,
0: he misspoke. RNA RNA has uracil.
10: And in this case, the mRNA, that's going to leave the nucleus. A is going to pair with U. U for uracil. So uracil, uracil, that's the base we're talking about. Let me write it down. Uracil, uracil thymine is still going to pair with adenine is still going to pair with adenine it's like that guanine is going to pair with cytosine guanine and cytosine and cytosine is going to pair cytosine is going to pair with guanine and so when you do that now they these two characters can detach and now you have a single strand of RNA and in this case messenger RNA that can that can that that has all the information on that section of on that section of a DNA. And so now...
0: Did you understand that? mRNA is messenger RNA. It works instead of thiamine uracil, and it has information of the original DNA that it was copied from. Okay? Either that be manufactured or zipped from your own DNA. Now that
10: thing can leave the nucleus go attached to a ribosome, and we'll talk more about that in in, in future videos, exactly how that's happened. And then this code can be used to actually code for proteins. Now, how does that happen? And that process is called translation. So translation, translation, which is really taking this base pair sequence and turning it into an amino acid sequence. Proteins are made up of sequences of amino acids. So translation. So let's take our mRNA or this little section of our mRNA. And actually, let me do it. Let me draw it like this. Let me draw it like this. And let's see, I have, it is UAC. So it's going to be UAC, then UU, then ACG. Okay, and then we have an A. Let me make sure I change to the right color. We have an A there. And then we have... This U, U, A, C, G, all right. Now let me put a C right over there. I'm just taking this and I'm writing it horizontally. I have a C here, not a G, it's a C. And then finally I have a G. And of course it'll keep going on and on and on. And what happens is each, uh, each sequence of three, and you have to be very careful where it starts. And so this is in some ways a delicate and surprising, but at the same time surprisingly robust process.
0: I just want you to know there are certain codes like, remember how I would say there were triple adenines? There are certain codes like if you have AAA or AGA or UAG or UUG that give different instructions to the translation. So it could say, stop translating here, right? Or continue this or replicate these. This is instructions, instructions. So codons that are three base pairs long, three coupled by three, they tell the protein that is doing the translation where to stop. There are stop codons and rep codons. There's so many. So pay attention.
10: Every three of these bases code for a specific amino acid. And so three bases together, so these bases right over here, These, these I guess you could say this three-letter word or this three-letter sequence, that's called a codon. Codon. And this is going to be the next codon, the next codon. And we actually haven't drawn the next codon after that because we need three bases to get to the next codon. How many possible codons do you have? Well, you have one of four bases and you have them in three different places. So you have four times four times four possible uh, codon words, I guess you could say, and four times four times four is 64. So you have 64 possible, possible codons, which is good because you have 20 possible amino acids. So this is overkill and allows codons to be used for other purposes as well. And they also, you know, you might have more than one codon coding for the same amino acid. So you have 64 possible codons. They need to code for 20 amino acids. And so this codon right over here with the ribosome, and we'll talk more about how that happens, can code for, can code for, say, could code for amino acid one. So let
0: me just write it here. This okay, is amino- and let me and let me walk you through that. So that's pretty much done. That's all you needed to know, that those are the phases. That's what mRNA does. But I'm going to actually show you the codon table because you have to memorize these in med school. Uh, so um, I wanted to show you this so that way you understand it uh, because it's just coding, basically. And I've told you, if you look at your body like a code, um, it's so much easier. Here you go. Let me see if I can zoom in as well. Okay. So these are the codons, the codes that your body listens to. So it would be isoleucine, leucine, valine, phenylene. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure lots of you have seen these in supplements, right? So if it comes along TAAA tag TGA, it's a stop codon. Um, if there's any, um, I would say, uh, conjunction like triple A's, um, those are, uh, considered sticky feet and, um, they create certain things. Phenylene F is TTT. Um, these all play different roles. These are the amino acids everybody keeps talking about. They are the ones that are the building blocks of creating proteins in your body. So as you could see, serine. Is, has a few different shapes it can be in, and different blocks that can be created. This tells the tell the transcription to stop. It's a stop codon. So I thought I would share that with you so that you can understand it um, and realize how um, coding works. I mean, those of you that code, this is pretty. This is pretty badass, right? this is pretty badass. Um, your body's incredible. It's the best molecular software you will ever find. So now let's learn about other things in regards to mRNA and replication and sequencing. I want to first show you from DNA to protein in 3D view and tissue how that works. It's actually quite fascinating. This is um, uh, the way they um, show it at, um, in colleges as well. And it looks pretty fascinating when you get to see it in uh, 3D visualization. It's very fascinating. So for those of you on podcast, it's kind of walking through, but it's not giving you the visual. It starts on showing uh, the nucleus.
7: Here is a cell the basic unit of all living tissue in most human cells there is a structure called the nucleus the nucleus contains the genome in humans the genome is split between 23 pairs of chromosomes each chromosome contains a long strand of DNA tightly packaged around proteins called histones within the DNA are sections called genes these genes contain the instructions for making proteins when a gene is switched on, an enzyme called RNA polymerase attaches to the start of the gene. It moves along the DNA, making a strand of messenger RNA out of free bases in the nucleus. The DNA code determines the order in which the free bases are added to the messenger RNA. This process is called transcription. Before the messenger RNA can be used as a template for the production of proteins, it needs to be processed This involves removing and adding sections of RNA. The messenger RNA then moves out of the nucleus into the cytoplasm. Protein factories in the cytoplasm, called ribosomes, bind to the messenger RNA. The ribosome reads the code in the messenger RNA to produce a chain made up of amino acids. There are 20 different types of amino acid. Transfer RNA molecules carry the amino acids to the ribosome. The messenger RNA is read three bases at a time. As each triplet is read, a transfer RNA delivers the corresponding amino acid. This is added to a growing chain of amino acids. Once the last amino acid has been added, the chain folds into a complex 3D shape to form the protein. And that protein will do what it
0: needs to do according to the instructions of that protein. So there's that. That was quite fascinating for a lot of people that didn't know what it means. Because a lot of people get supplements and stuff like that. And we go off by half information. I mean, not everyone can be a molecular biologist, and that's what they bank on when they sell you shit like that. Just so you know. I mean, everyone has um had that, I guess, happen. Now, I want to explain RNA sequencing. Um to you right now. Wait, is this the one? Yes, no. Yeah, no. I think we're going to go with the translation first. I want you to see mRNA translation. I want you to see how this information is translated. I mean, you understand now the amino acids, so you can see this because this is more advanced, right? But now you get it because they overcomplicate things and they create all these videos and these massive textbooks. Damn, I have a bookshelf that's bowing, right, <laughs> because of the weight of my textbooks, which I revisit all the time um, just to keep that knowledge fresh. But, you know, this is the stuff I know real well. So here we go. This is a pretty simple translation depiction.
11: The job of this mRNA is to carry the gene's message from the DNA out of the nucleus to a ribosome for production of the particular protein that this gene codes for. There can be several million ribosomes in a typical eukaryotic cell. These complex catalytic machines use the mRNA copy of the genetic information to assemble amino acid building blocks into the three-dimensional proteins that are essential for life. Let's see how it works. The ribosome is composed of one large and one small subunit that assemble around the messenger RNA, which then passes through the ribosome like a computer tape. The amino acid building blocks, that's the small glowing red molecules, are carried into the ribosome attached to specific transfer RNAs. That's the larger green molecules also referred to as tRNA.
0: So basically, so you understand, mRNA is messenger RNA, right? tRNA is transfer RNA, which means I'm transferring things to the RNA to create the protein. I'm bringing the nucleic acids forward, right? So um, I... Uh, I just want to make that clear. And remember, there's another one, which is called RNAi, which is RNA interference. Very important. This has nothing to do with T cells, guys. We're talking genetics now. Talking genetics. We're keeping it building blocks. We're not getting into, you know, the creation of proteins and immunoglobulins and all that stuff. We're keeping it simple. We're trying to understand what is happening. Usually your mRNA comes out of your nucleus, but now you're getting it in an injection, which is not going into your nucleus. It's going into your cells, which means it's attaching itself to the what ribosomes that are on your ER, which is, you know, your endoplasmic reticulum, which is a large kind of, it looks like a factory. They, they depict it in folds. Actually, you know what? Um, oh, there's no picture of that here. Damn it. It's that thing where you see a picture where there's like the circle of the nucleus and then they have like these fold things that look like, you know, flaps. That's your endoplasmic reticulum. And in there is where there's rough endoplasmic reticulum and smooth endoplasmic reticulum. The rough one has ribosomes. That's where the ribosomes come from to then latch on to the RNA, Um Uh, to code for whatever protein. And remember, proteins doesn't mean, you know, I ate meat, that's a protein. A protein is another set of instructions of shit to do. You need proteins to attach to receptors on your cell to kick off a cascade to, again, generate genetic stuff you have proteins that you kick off to help create a cell or a receptor the proteins are building blocks remember that with instructions to build something anything that is okay they're part of a bigger picture it's all mechanics
11: all mechanics. The small subunit of the ribosome positions the mRNA so that it can be read in groups of 3 letters known as a codon. Each codon on the mRNA matches a corresponding anticodon on the base of a transfer RNA molecule. The larger subunit of the ribosome removes each amino acid and joins it onto the growing protein chain. As the mRNA is ratcheted through the ribosome, the mRNA sequence is translated into an amino acid sequence. There are three locations inside the ribosome, designated the A-site, the P-site, and the E-site. The addition of each amino acid is a three-step cycle. First, the tRNA enters the ribosome at the A-site and is tested for a codon-anticodon match with the mRNA. Next, provided there is a correct match, the tRNA is shifted to the P-site, and the amino acid it carries is added to the end of the amino acid chain. The mRNA is also ratcheted on three nucleotides, or one codon. Thirdly, the spent tRNA is moved to the E-site and then ejected from the ribosome to be recycled. As the protein synthesis proceeds, the finished chain emerges from the ribosome. It folds up into a precise shape determined by the exact order of amino acids. Thus, the central dogma explains how the four-letter DNA code is, quite literally, Turned into flesh and blood.
0: Hmm. So let me show you what proteins do, so that way you understand it. Now this is going to look scary, and I don't expect you guys to like understand um, all of this. It took me a while. I mean, it's just patterns, um, but um, I think this is it. Here is a an image of creating and transcribing uh, and creating basically something specific. This is a cell signaling pathway, right? To invoke apoptosis, meaning death of a cell, etc., all these things here that you see that are part of this cascade of signals that are happening, right, are proteins, right? They're created. So I want you to understand that um, if that mRNA creates a protein that does something like apoptosis, you know, that means it's killing your cell. You don't know what that protein, what cascade of information it is pushing out. You, you absolutely do not. So what I want you to understand is if, if for whatever reason, right, um, we didn't have an IKK, right, which is, uh, needed in order to kick off NFKB Kappa B uh, for apoptosis or to target a gene for apoptosis, then that process is not going to happen. Okay. I just, I know this looks really confusing, right? These are all, you know, how to kill a cell, cellular signaling processes. These are the processes actually that a lot of scientists are relying on um, in order to uh, deter cancer and have cancer kill itself. Uh, they're going through the a- a- apoptosis pathway. Um, but uh, this is actually I kappa kappa, not, and, and it's gamma it's a I kappa kappa gamma, <laughs> not just IKK. There's gamma and beta, but this is just a generic, you know, picture. P53, you'll hear a lot about that for those of you that have had cancer. I'm pretty sure your oncologist has talked about all this stuff and you're just like, what? So all of these are, um, are, uh, critical to, do things. This is called the P13K uh, pathway uh, to lead um, down to whatever they need to create apoptosis. So again, all these are little proteins folded the way they should so it can be the way they are in order to be part of a cascade. Oh, it's like those videos. You know those videos where people like create these, you know, complex uh, um dominoes falling down and then a boot kicks a TV and then it fills a cup of water, you know, um, those uh, obstacles slash courses that do something like a cascade of events to in the end, I don't know, maybe just chop a sandwich. Have you seen those videos? It's like that. It's actually quite complex because there are a lot of proteins that play a lot of roles in a lot of things. Here's a more complex one, and this is just just a visual, uh, nothing specific to the vaccine or anything. I'm just showing you. These are all cascades and things that happen. You know, you have your estrogen receptor, you need RAS here to bind, to kick it off, it needs enzymes to move, to do this, to do that, to go there, to start the cell cycle, to create cells, to do things. Yeah, like mousetrap. Great job. So it's kind of like mousetrap with a lot of proteins. Okay? Uh, They need to be coupled to receptors in order to activate them. If you only have one, but not the other, nothing's going to happen. It's just, it's just another way of coding, but with actual physical things like a mousetrap. So I want you guys to envision that. Now, here's where it gets super interesting. Okay. We're going to get into the interesting stuff. What you need to understand is, okay, we understand how DNA is. Now we understand what RNA is, but I'm not understanding what this you know, vaccine is doing, you know, there's a lot of people talking and, um, there's a lot of information that is being put out. Uh, I don't understand the sequencing, what it means or anything. Well, here's a little clip where they talk about RNA sequencing. Again, you're going to be like, well, it kind of sounds like the other one. It does, but you need this little three minute clip to understand the more advanced stuff. So here we go.
12: Gene expression is used by all known life from single cell bacteria to the blue whale. Every living or once-living organism is composed of cells that store the complete genetic information to assemble macromolecular proteins for the organism's biological processes. Located in the nucleus of cells, genes are comprised of four base pairs. The order and sequence of the base pairs create the unique genetic code that acts as the blueprint for creating new cells. The complete genetic profile is held on the DNA strands. Each DNA contains 50,000 to 100,000 genes, each comprised of hundreds of thousands of base pairs. This is a lot of information, but not all of the information is used. It is gene expression that determines which portion of the genome is active and thus dictates which cell or molecule is produced. Through complex regulation mechanisms, Gene expression is controlled by signals from the environment as well as from other cells. RNA sequencing technology enables gene expression to be quantified, allowing connections between genes and the environmental stimuli to be made.
0: Now listen to that carefully. It allows... Certain genetic changes and access to happen with environmental changes. Now, what do we mean by environmental? We mean outside of the nucleus, outside of our body, within our intracellular fluids, intra, intercellular fluids. Which one is it? This is, this is what you need to be paying attention to. The words here. And I'll break it down because I'm looking at the chat since only Twitch is allowing me to stream today. Um, I'm looking at the chat so that way you can, you know, I can answer questions or if someone's not understanding, um, you know, what's going on. This is also how you can um, genetically modify hormones, right? Make people, Yeah, Bradley walked in, Chelsea walked out, I'm just saying. So I want you guys to be paying attention to the words.
12: Let us examine
13: the procedure for determining the gene expression for virus response in the lung cells of a mouse. To begin RNA sequencing, mice are sedated. A special strain of the flu called a mirine adapted influenza has been created to mimic human symptoms in the mouse model.
0: Did you hear that? I just want you to understand how RNA sequencing is being explained by putting a mouse to sleep and injecting them with a virus to mimic one that would affect humans. Pay attention.
13: A specified concentration of this virus, called the Viral Titer or Viral Load, is suspended in an aerosol inoculum and administered to the unconscious mouse through its airways. We wait some time for the infection to progress and the immune system to respond before euthanizing the mouse for sampling. Normally, mice are sampled at intervals of 0, 3, 5, and 7 days. The organ of interest, in this case the lungs, are carefully removed and either flash frozen for later processing or placed into a solvent and homogenized immediately. The RNA is isolated, fragmented, and randomly primed in a series of chemical treatment steps to prepare it for sequencing. The RNA-rich liquid is placed into an RNA sequence analyzer and processed. Once each fragment of RNA has been tallied up in a raw read, fragments are aligned with a mouse reference genome. The number of fragments at each point along this genome is recorded. We can use. Utilize-
0: Wait a minute. You mean they're taking the RNA and then they're introducing it to the mouse genome so they could just fall into place? <laughs> Sounds interesting, huh?
13: Utilize our knowledge of genomics to determine the expression of individual genes. This expression will differ from a healthy mouse. It will display high activity in immune regulation, repair, and inflammation. Mm -hmm. Studying these differences gives insight into the mechanism and progression of the disease and can be used to improve existing treatments and find targets for new therapeutics.
0: Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Are you getting it now? Because now we're going to deep dive into Khan Academy's ideal. Wait, no. There's this really awesome video that's made for kids, so I couldn't save it. So um, it's been made for kids. Um, and yeah, it's actually been made for kids. And I want you guys to watch what protein synthesis is. And then we're going to go back to the whole translation of RNA sequencing and stuff like that, which is for the medical students preparing for medical school. Because by the end of this, you're going to understand where they were going with this. And you're going to get it, like super get it. Here we go.
14: Protein synthesis, translation. Inside the body, the process of translation occurs within every single cell. Each cell has a nucleus. After transcription, mRNAs move out of the nucleus and enter the cytoplasm. This mRNA strand acts.
0: Oh, hold on. I just wanted to show you guys so you know. You see that those folds around the nucleus? That's the endoplasmic reticulum. You'll see some of them have bumps, some don't. This is like a package factory. Right. This is where the ribosomes come from. Uh, the bumps are the ribosomes. The smooth one makes no ribosomes. I just wanted you guys to know it. Um, you know, these are all, uh, pictures, but it's a little bit different. They actually go through here to attract, uh, the ribosome that they need. So, you know, this is pretty, pretty awesome imagery, but I wanted you guys to understand what you're looking at nucleus, you know, the pores in the nucleus where they, and they're not like that. It's not like holes where stuff can go in and out. Uh, these are junctions that, uh, you have to be allowed to go in. There's gatekeepers in every single pore. (laughs) You can't just put stuff in there. Um, but this is, this, um, is called the ER, the endoplasmic reticulum. Uh, there's, like I said, RER and, uh, smooth ER, uh, The bumps are the ribosomes that do all this decoding and translating, etc., etc.,
14: etc. As a template for protein synthesis, present in the cytoplasm is an enzyme, aminoacyl tRNA synthetase. The enzyme macromolecule has two binding sites. One site recognizes the amino acid methionine, this is followed by the binding of the ATP molecule and release of pyrophosphate, resulting in act.
0: Okay, so the ATP molecule is energy. That energy comes from your mitochondria. I just wanted to point that out to you
14: too. ...activation of amino acid. Finally, the TRNA and the activated amino acid bind together. This aminoacylated tRNA is known as met tRNA.
0: Okay, as you can see down here, for those of you on podcast, it just shows like this um, squiggly thing with a loop at the bottom. You can see the UAC. Uh, these are binding sites. So if this was like a G and there's no such codon, I'm just saying, um, then it would not bind to the RNA. It's highly specific for that code
14: and is released from the enzyme. This marks the commencement of first stage of protein synthesis, the initiation stage. During the eighth initiation stage, a small subunit of a ribosome binds to the mRNA strand. The mRNA strand is made up of codons which are sequences of three bases, then the ribosome subunit moves along the mRNA in 5' to 3' direction until it recognizes the AUG codon or the initiation codon. At this point, MED tRNA possessing the anti codon.
0: So, like we discussed, their are stop codons. There is a start codon, which is the AUG. That's what it just explained. The ribosome will move to the beginning of the software transcription. It says, start reading here. That's basically what it does, okay? It
14: says, start
0: reading here.
14: UAC pairs up with the AUG codon of the mRNA. Then a large subunit of ribosome combines with a small ribosomal subunit. The large subunit shows three sites. The acceptor site or the A site. The peptidyl site or the P site. The exit site or the E site.
0: So the acceptor is where that tRNA molecule with the amino acid comes in. The P site where the peptide, meaning the protein is being made and ejected from at the top. And the E site is where this, it gets ejected and exits. Like I come in, I drop off, I get out. Got it?
14: This whole unit forms the initiation complex. This is followed by the elongation stage. During this stage, another tRNA carrying molecule of an amino acid approaches the mRNA ribosome complex and fits in the A site. Then a bond is formed between methionine and the amino acid molecule on the tRNA. As a result, met tRNA becomes deacylated. The ribosome then advances a distance of one codon and the deacylated tRNA shifts to the E site from where it dissociates. Meanwhile, another tRNA carrying an amino acid molecule attaches to the A site. This is followed by the binding of the amino acid molecules. Repetition of this process leads to the formation of an amino acid chain. This event is called elongation. Pretty cool, right? When the UAG codon or the stop codon reaches the A site, elongation is terminated. Termination is the last stage of protein synthesis. The chain of amino acid molecules is released from the ribosome. So as you see the stop codon says no more coding, we're done, clip it, let's go. This released amino acid chain is the protein and this part of protein synthesis is known as translation. Then the tRNA detaches from the mRNA. Ribosome detaches and dissociates into its small and large subunits. Summary. Protein synthesis shows that the first stage involves the binding of met-tRNA to mRNA and the small subunit of the ribosome. The larger subunit of ribosome then combines with the small subunit. Second stage is the elongation stage. In this stage, the incoming aminoacyl, tRNA, fits in the A-site. Then, a bond is formed between methionine and the amino acid molecule on the tRNA. The process is repeated until a chain of amino acid molecules is formed. The last stage of protein synthesis is the termination stage. When the ribosome reaches the stop codon UAG, elongation stops and the newly formed amino acid chain, which is the protein macromolecule, detaches from the ribosome. Subsequently, ribosomal subunits, along with the tRNA, dissociate from the mRNA. Pretty simple, isn't it? So, um,.
0: How I want to set this up for you guys, I I don't know how many of you work with WordPress and coding, but I can tell you something like for WordPress, I buy a theme, right? And um, I buy one, I build one, I hate PHP code. Oh my God, it makes me sick. (laughs) Um, But I buy it. Sometimes it's heavy, sometimes it's not. I just have to trust that it's going to do what it says it's going to do and it's not filled with bullshit codes like this. So basically the, the, I look at the theme and I'm like, Oh, that looks good for my website. I like it. But in the back of it, there's a lot of coding. There could be hidden coding in there that's disabling some features that I had with my previous site that I built myself. There could be hidden codes in there that are disabling other pathways of me generating the news. I want you to think of that. Now that you know what RNA is, right? It usually comes from the nucleus, but it can be given to you, right? Given to you via vectors. So, um, I want you to understand this by, okay. So there's this. Um, I'm, I'm just going to pull up a slide for you guys. Um, right here from Altigen Labs. And in this slide, they're talking about generation of stable cell lines, stable RNA interference cell line generation. So they have their RNA interference and how it comes in, cleavage, cleaving uh, RNA that they've actually put in through cytoplasmic delivery, which means the cytoplasm that surrounds your nucleus and what it does. Um, and its challenges are very laborious, extensive use of controls, such as the efficiency of gene silencing, controlling for off-target effects, and promoter compatibility. It's expensive and time-consuming targeted gene silencing is achieved by the transfection of small interfering RNA -RNA, siRNA small interfering RNA which are bound to the risk complex used as guides for the destruction of mRNA containing the complementary sequence. RNA induced gene silencing can be achieved by stable engineering of a cell line expressing this small interfering RNA. Now, that's complicated. So, I I I think I jumped to the wrong one. I should have uh, showed you um, this portion. It's only like a couple of minutes um, from this professor before I take you to um, the guy complaining about it. I'm going to take you to the University of Sydney, if I'm not mistaken, where he we have professor waterhouse he's he's actually quite a genius. This is from two thousand seventeen upload um he talks genes to galaxies wait going to be pretty pretty. I just want you to listen to this and try to understand as much as you can because uh for some reason there's so much it's it's harder to unlearn things than it is to learn new things okay so listen to this.
15: Of the tip of the plant, and this is where our stem cells are in the meristem. This is the plumbing that's coming up. And can you see here are pipes that are just ending, just down, just below where the meristem is. So the signal's coming up this pipework and spreading into these stem cells here. And so what we think is going on is that this growing tip is, is, or the meristem as we call it, is a dome-like structure full of these. These stem cells, which which will divide and move to the side, and then they will divide again to make a bump, which will make the leaves. So what we think is happening is the signal is coming up the um, pipework of the plant, the vascular.
0: Okay, so here is where they genetically modify a plant by targeting uh, the um, the. The stem cell structure, and they're pushing it in there, and they're showing that it's going through the vasculature of a plant, which is, you know, the xylem, the phloem, the just the, the pipes, because they use hydraulics to move water through. That's their blood, uh, which carries sugars, which feeds them. So they use hydraulics. Actually, plants—you'll see—you'll be very surprised how everything starts with plants. I mean, that's what I use to study uh, cancer to see how they induce it in certain people. So here we go.
15: Turn the plant. And it's actually turning these cells, these genes off in the stem cells of that plant. So that when the leaf grows, it's not actually, uh, the silencing that we see is not actually the coming through the veins. The signal can only be perceived in these stem cells. And it's the tissues that are made from those stem cells that then have the gene uh, killed off. So it's more of an inheritance of the silence state rather than the spread of the signal through the veins.
0: So they killed the gene to replace the gene to make other things. That's basically the foundation here, okay? That's basically what they're telling you here. So, now let's go to Do we want to go to gene silencing at? Oh, okay. Um, let's go to his Mcat course. Give me a second. Let me find it. Is this it? Mcat. Okay, here we go. What are we doing in this Here we go. So, This is quite awesome. I actually used it for um, a demonstration once uh, because I needed to learn it really well. Um, This is before um, they revamped their education. They've been around for a long time. Like I said, I've contributed to a lot of the physics uh, videos that they put together. Here we go. This
10: video is a little bit of a deep dive on transcription.
0: As you can see, it uses bacterium. You'll see the difference between the DNA and the bacterium is that we have a double helix while bacterium has a circular DNA. And I want you to think of the bacterium as your mitochondria because in fact, your mitochondria has circular DNA because it is actually a bacterium that is, you know, just living within your cell. So I want to point that out. Your Uh, mitochondrial DNA is a bacterial type DNA. It's circular. It's not like this uh, double helix that you have. It is circular. This is the one that you inherit only from your mother, right? And that's what creates all the ATP, your energy, your battery. That's your energizer bunny right there. So um, this, I want you to think of it as your mitochondria, just so that you can see how similar they are too.
10: And just as a a bit of a review, uh, we touch on it on the video on, on replication, transcription, and translation. Transcription in everyday language just means to rewrite something or to rewrite some information in another form. And that's essentially what's happening here. Transcription is when we take the information encoded in a gene in DNA and encode essentially that same information in mRNA. So transcription, we are going from DNA, we are going from DNA to messenger messenger RNA, and we're gonna, in this video, focus on genes that code for proteins. So this first step is the transcription, the DNA to messenger RNA, and then in a future video, we'll dig a little bit deeper into translation. We will translate that information into, into an actual protein. But these diagrams give a little bit of an overview of it. It's a little bit simpler in bacteria. You have the DNA just floating around in the cytosol. And so the transcription takes place. You, you start with that DNA, that protein coding gene in that, in the DNA. And then from that, you code the messenger RNA. You see that in that purple color right over here. And then that messenger RNA can be involved with the ribosome. And that's the translation process to actually produce the polypeptide, to produce the protein. In eukaryotic cells, and we're going to get into a little bit more depth in this video, the transcription, the DNA to mRNA, that happens inside of the nucleus. And there's essentially two steps here. You go from DNA to what we would call pre mRNA. Let me write that down pre mRNA which would be, which is depicted right over there. And then it needs to be processed to turn into what we would call mRNA, which then can leave the nucleus to be translated into a protein. So now that we have that overview, let's dig a little bit deeper into this and understand the different actors and understand if we're talking about a eukaryotic cell, what type of processing might actually go on. So right over here, we are going to start with the protein coding gene inside of the DNA right over here. And we are going to, the, the primary actor that's not the DNA or the mRNA here is going to be RNA polymerase. It's used to create a sequence that will become a nucleotide sequence that will become the messenger R. That's acting, that side of the DNA is acting as the template for forming that RNA. But if you think about the information that that RNA is actually going to... I'm
0: skipping over creating RNA. I want you to get to the RNA part. Hold on. Let's move over. Let's move it over. Let's move it over. So basically, they copied genetic code from somewhere else, and they um, put it in a vaccine or whatever. So, oh, man, did I pick the wrong video? No, no. I wanted that little part. Okay, here we go. Let's go back. There we go. Translate into a protein. Okay, here we
10: go. About a If we're talking about a prokaryote, uh, we're done.
0: Prokaryote, um, that's uh, you know a simple cell, circular cell.
10: We would have formed, this would be our messenger RNA, which then can go to a ribosome and then be translated into a protein. But if we're talking about a eukaryote, Well, then we have to do a little bit of processing. If we're talking about a eukaryote, if this is a prokaryote right over here, this would be our mRNA. If this is a eukaryote, then this is our pre-mRNA, which now has to be processed. And you might say, well, how is that going to be processed? Well, there's a...
0: I just want to point out, and those of you on podcast, it's showing like a whole molecules uh, that includes introns and exons, uh, the things that come out and stay there. But you'll see at the end a poly A tail the poly a the poly a tail is those sticky feet that I was telling you. This is where you can where you can see seams when RFID graphene has been used. You cannot hide it uh, within codons like they do in other stuff. This is very important. Because by the end of this show, you are going to see how far along they planned and what the actual plan was. And it's going to start with a really wonky video of a little girl using her phone to track a plant through its (sighs) genetic code. Pay attention. So this is why I was saying in March that I see sticky feet of 33 adenines, 33 A's. Hmm. Interesting. So that's like a polytail. That's like a sticky tail. I, I think he's going to explain it to you guys, if I'm not mistaken, in this video. Right? Yeah. Here we go.
10: There's a couple of things that are going to be done. Some things are going to be added at the beginning and the end of the mRNA, the five prime cap. This is a modified guanine, modified, modified guanine right over here, which is going to help in the translation process as the ribosomes uh, attach onto it. And then you have this poly-A tail and it's called a poly-A tail because it has a bunch of adenines at the end right over here. And these not only help uh, in the translation process; it, it helps it helps make sure that the information is more robust, that the ends of the mRNA don't, in some way, uh, become or makes it less likely that they're going to become damaged. Now, the other thing that needs to be processed, and this is one of those fascinating things in evolutionary biology, is that we will have in this mRNA in this mRNA sequence, you're going to have parts of the sequence which we currently consider to be nonsense sequence. Nonsense sequences, and we call them introns. And I'm gonna put it in quotes because in general in evolution, it's, it's seldom that things have absolutely no purpose, but these are not coding for the, the, the protein that is going to be coded by our initial gene. And so these are actually processed out. They are spliced out. And I'm not gonna go into all the details of the actors that cause the splicing, but in, as part of this eukaryotic processing,
0: I'll go into the process of what the splicing is. It's freaking proteins. Proteins splice the mRNA to where they want it to. Now, it also gives instructions of creating proteins. What if the proteins that that mRNA that is injected into you creates the proteins to splice and remove nonsense? Genetic code.
10: You add the you add the cap, you add the tail, and then you splice out the introns, and then once you've spliced out the introns, all you have left are the exons. So you have that, it's going to be connected to that, it's going to be connected to that, and so this is what you have resulted. This is in a eukaryote, you will have this mature mRNA, and that's what we saw, that's what we saw right over here that can then, let me underline that in a color you can see, right over here, which then migrates out of the nucleus to a ribosome where it can be translated.
0: Okay, so um, now we go into this video, which um, is from 2018, where Moderna uh, uses the mRNA platform to fight CMV. Here we go.
16: So CMV is a virus, it's a DNA virus. Um, It's a virus that infects most people in the world. It's a virus that hides. Most of us don't know we've got it. And most of us go through life without it ever causing a problem. If a woman during pregnancy is infected with CMV, they can transmit it to the child in the uterus and that results in congenital CMV infection. Every year there are about 20,000 children in the US born with CMV infection. Of them, about six to 7,000, they'll end up with deafness, with blindness, with brain damage, with microcephaly, with lifelong disabilities for many of them. Even if we were to look for it and measure it, there's really very little we can do about it at the moment.
17: And also, it's a severe threat in immunocompromised individuals, which includes HIV patients, transplant patients, both solid organ as well as stem
16: cell transplant population. The U.S. Institute of Medicine made it very clear a number of years ago that CMV is the number one unmet vaccine need.
0: So, Okay, let me just tell you what CMV is, okay, guys? So CMV is like a herpes type thing, okay? yeah, That's basically what it is. It's common, right? Um, and uh, it happens all the time. We see it. And this is why they promote pregnant people for having it. Um, it's supposedly a big deal and only when babies have it, do you see issues with it? Uh, so it is, um, it's just herpes basically the stuff that you can grow on your lips. You can get infected through, um, bodily fluids basically. Uh, and you know, people spitting in your mouth. Um, I, you know, I don't buy the, you know, I actually, I'm going to take that back the going thing is that saliva does it, but I'll tell you what saliva can actually eliminate the HIV virus. No joke. Unless you have any open sores or wounds, that's how vile your mouth is. It's more vile than the poop that you excrete in the toilet. Your mouth has the most vile bacteria ever. Um, so I want to just make that clear um, that it does do that. So um, this is why if you actually do the coconut oil, uh, pulling on your teeth, uh, through your mouth, right? You don't spit it in a toilet. You don't spit it, uh, you know, in a sink. It is the most horrendously bacterial infested thing ever. Um, you, when you oil pull, right, you take a half a teaspoon. One thing you don't want to do is swallow it cause you will get insanely sick. Um, but really does help if you have a cavity, So I remember a couple years ago, I had a cavity and, um, I was in the middle of nowhere and it's like these dentists had like, you know, wood paneling and crap. And I was like, um, yeah. So I had to like travel all the way to Minneapolis. So what I did was my tooth was killing me. So all I did was take some coconut oil and I oil pulled, that's what it's called. It's pretty much like mouthwashing, but pulling it like, you know, through your teeth. Guys, uh, my cavity didn't hurt anymore. By the time I went to go get the whole root canal thing and everything, like there was barely any pulp left. It had cleaned it out. So oil pulling really, really works. It's, it actually cleanses, um, that vile bacteria we have. Uh, it is a natural, um, uh, antibiotic, uh, if you don't have coconut oil, you can use olive oil too, like virgin olive oil. Uh, so I, I'm just saying, uh, you know, it, <laughs> this is, this is basically what it is. It's just herpes. How many of you, I'm one of them, when you break out into a fever, you get, you know, um, cold sores on your lip. That's a, that's a form of CMV, right? Um, and it's totally, normal so and i'm just saying it's not such a big deal but they're, they're talking about it like it's a big deal and the only time it is a big deal is if the mom is having a baby and she has active uh an active flaring infection so you know how do you know that well i don't know i mean you got to be careful with your genitals
16: so clearly um everybody agrees this is this is a problem that needs to be solved we're committed to do that. and We believe we have the tools to do that. As I said, there are 20,000 children born every year with this infection just in the US. Uh, and six to 7,000 of those every year will have severe disabilities. Just imagine if we can produce a vaccine to prevent that. CMV enters the cell really through two cell types. It enters through what are called fibroblasts and enters through what are called epithelial cells. The The key to get into um, fibroblasts is is a GB protein, and that's quite easy to make. The key to open up the epithelial cell is is a pentameric protein. It's a protein made up of five different proteins that must assemble in exactly the right way. We were simply able to design mRNAs encoding
0: for the five different subunits of the pentamer. Okay, so here's the gist of it. Just pay attention. They were able to create mRNAs that created those proteins. Remember how I showed you and described to you the cascade of signaling, you know, where all of these um, subunits or proteins that I told you, right? So five subunits, right, to create a cascade. What did they say they did? They created an mRNA to create these proteins genetically modified. Do you understand how mRNA works now? Does it really have to come out of your, your nucleus? No. It just needs to code for proteins. And then the proteins will kick off whatever cascade they want. I, I'm just looking at the chat to see if anyone didn't understand that part because we're going to play it again. He's telling you about CMV. So remember the, the, the shots that I showed, this is a protein, that's a protein, that's a protein, that's a protein, that's a protein. That's a protein. This is your cell membrane, Remember, protein. Protein is a building block to start something. You cannot have a cascade of events happen. You cannot transcribe DNA. You cannot cut out DNA. You can't replace DNA. You can't silence DNA. You can't do shit to your DNA if you don't have the right building blocks to force it to do something. So uh, stop talking about the cytokine storms. Cytokine storm is exactly that, that all these building blocks, not these specific ones, but whatever proteins get together because they activate each other on these binding sites, kick off cytokine creation. Okay. Stop using terms you're hearing from random people. I'm trying to show you how it works. The protein, like they said, The RNA creates literally flesh and blood. This is flesh and blood. This is a little protein. This is a little protein. These proteins, I want you to think of proteins in your body as programs that are needed to run. So this is a program. This one, you need all five of those running in order to do whatever the hell it's doing in the cell here. All right? This is it. Understand that? So mRNA that they created... They manufactured their own versions of these, which means the binding sites will be correct, but the information they contain may be different. Okay, that is it. I want you guys to understand that. That is it. I am showing you the basic building blocks of how everything comes out. Because, you know, even when I was in school, when I, when professors would speak to me, um, and you know, all of them, MDs, PhDs, right? They know their shit. Doesn't mean they know how to convey it. Okay. It doesn't mean they know how to convey it. I'm showing you the building blocks. The mRNA create the, I'm trying to simplify this so you understand what they've created. Okay. I'm trying to give you the building blocks. This is a complex necessary for CMV to operate. Okay.
16: is a pentameric protein. It's a protein made up of five different proteins that must assemble in exactly the right way. We were simply able to design mRNAs and coding for
17: the five different subunits of the pentamer and co-deliver them into a cell.
16: And the cell's machinery just took over what we found and what this
0: So they mimicked, they said they needed a complex to make this work, which is a pentamer, which means it has five parts. They recreated them themselves and then they hijacked the body's machinery to do what they wanted it to do. That's what I'm talking about.
16: Study shows is that if you insert the mRNA for those five proteins into the body, the body processes them exactly as it would if it had been infected by the virus. And it expresses that protein beautifully, induces an immune response beautifully. And our expectation and what we saw in animals is that that immune response could protect against CMV infection. What this data tells us is not only that, that we have a really good shot at CMV, that it also means that this platform is likely to give us a good shot at any other complex vaccines. And not only single diseases that require multiple proteins and multiple mRNAs, but maybe even single vaccines to protect against multiple different diseases with a single single injection.
0: So let me explain it to you in computer terms so you understand so uh, when I want to catch someone in my computer, right, I will deploy a program that will mimic me opening up another program. And so it'll be identical to me opening up my email, for example, or a password entry. And so suddenly the, the virus that's in my computer that wants to steal my information will follow that program and go in there. But even though it looks like I'm entering a password and I'm doing that, And I'm attracting the virus. In fact, by me typing things in that window, I entrap the virus and I get all the IP information, where it came from. So it's stuck. I put it in a box. I now caught it. Right? So like a honeypot. Kind of like my Bluetooth when I was in D.C. where I left that little Bluetooth dongle. Super honeypot. So I want you guys... um, to understand what they were telling you. They were saying that we are using um, mRNA to mimic, right? Uh, and create our own version of those subunits to hijack the programming and then push it along. Now, A lot of people will sit and argue with you that mRNA is unstable. So even if they wanted to insert mRNA into our system through a vaccine, it's not going to work. Well, here's a little video on that too. So, hmm, concern, mRNA is unstable and degrades easily and it requires special hand.
18: It is widely believed that mRNA is unstable and degrades easily. This belief comes from comparing mRNA to DNA, which is widely known to be stable at room temperature, not as sensitive to changes in storage conditions and not as susceptible to temperature-related degradation as mRNA under similar conditions. While it is true that mRNA requires some additional care, it is not as burdensome as word of mouth suggests. We're here to debunk the myth and ease your concerns about working with mRNA. mRNA is degraded by RNases, enzymes that break the bonds to the backbone of the nucleic acid strand. In the past, the abundance of RNAs in laboratory work environments was a major concern. Now, with the availability of commercial reagents, rather than laboratory-prepared reagents, and RNAs-free tips, modern labs do not face as many RNA issues. In addition, Proper handling and storage at minus 80 degrees Celsius is important and will help ensure that mRNA doesn't degrade. When using mRNA, thaw and keep on ice during use. Make small aliquots to avoid multiple freeze-thaw cycles. Protein expression following transfection can also be adversely affected by poorly handled and degraded mRNA and poorly handled lipofectamine messenger max transfection reagent so just a few simple precautions can help ensure mRNA stability. Use RNA's free reagents and tips, aliquot and store mRNA at negative 80 degrees Celsius, and keep mRNA on ice when in use. Therefore, if you store mRNA properly and use the proper transcription kit, you can effectively transfect primary cells and slow dividing cells
0: well, why don't you look at that? Maybe this is why all these people in Africa died from, what was it? Non-carefully stored vaccines that were never called to have mRNA. What were they again? Oh, right. Influenza A and B. Did you know it had mRNA? Probably not. But here you go. Wait a minute. They were giving them vaccines for meningitis to the babies and they got all sick. Remember when they died? Did that have mRNA too? And maybe they didn't know. I mean, you don't know what batch they got or who, what, when, and where, right? Now let's see what gene silencing in. We have talked about this before, but I think it's quite important to understand the difference between CRISPR, talons, and RNA interference. Here we go.
19: Are you looking to perform a gene silencing project? Should you use CRISPR- RNAi, or talons to get the job done. In this video, we'll explain how each system works and how they differ in terms of experimental setup, efficiency, off-target effects, and more. So you want to do a gene silencing project. The first question to ask yourself is, are you looking to knock out or knock down a gene.
0: Are you looking to remove a gene or you just wanna shut it up? Which one is it? That's basically it.
19: A gene knockout is when a gene has acquired a frameshift mutation, such that the cell no longer expresses any functional protein. When a double-stranded break in the DNA is created, The cell can repair it via the non-homologous end joining, or NHEJ, repair pathway. This process creates insertions or deletions that can cause a frameshift mutation that eliminates gene expression. CRISPR and talons can be used for gene knockouts. A gene knockdown is when gene expression is reduced, but not completely eliminated. This is typically done by degrading or blocking translation of the gene's mRNA transcript. Some mRNA may still escape regulation, so there is still low-level gene expression. RNAi can be used for gene knockdowns. Let's dive deeper into the different systems, starting with CRISPR. For more details about CRISPR, please visit our knowledge base that we've linked in the top right corner. In a nutshell, the basic CRISPR system has two components, a single guide RNA, or sgRNA, and a Cas9 nuclease. The sgRNA forms a ribonucleoprotein with Cas9, guiding it to a specific target sequence, using the 20 base pairs at its 5' end. Cas9 must also recognize a short sequence adjacent to the target sequence, called the PAM sequence, which differs depending on the species of Cas9. Once docked, Cas9 will create a double-stranded break in the DNA. The Talon system consists of a transcription activator-like, or Tal protein, that is fused to the FOK1 nuclease. Each of the 33 repeats in the Tal DNA binding domain can differ by two amino acids, which determines which nucleotide it will bind. By combining 12 to 31 of these repeats, a talon can be engineered to bind to a specific DNA sequence. Two talons must dimerize in order to create a double-stranded break in the DNA. For CRISPR and talons, the cell can repair the double-stranded DNA via the NHEJ repair pathway. Then, selection must be carried out to isolate the cells with repeats in the talons. Do you see this?
0: Each of the 33 repeats in the TAL DNA binding domain can differ by two amino acids. Do you guys remember what I told you about the 33 back in March 2020? What did I tell you about the virus? It had 33 AAA codons. 33 A at the end. Uh, and that is what told me it was manufactured.
19: The cell DNA binding domain can differ by two amino acids, which determines which nucleotide it will bind. By combining 12 to 31 of these repeats, a talon can be engineered to bind to a specific DNA sequence. Two talons must dimerize in order to create a double-stranded break in the DNA. For CRISPR and talons, the cell can repair the double-stranded DNA via the NHEJ repair pathway. Then, selection must be carried out to isolate the cells with the frameshift mutation, leading to gene knockout. In the RNAi gene knockdown method, short RNAs, such as sIRNA, are designed complementary to the target mRNA. One sIRNA is loaded into the RNA-induced silencing complex, or RISC, which guides the system to bind and cleave the target mRNA, resulting in gene knockdown. If binding is imperfect, mRNA translation will only be inhibited. So now that you know the basics of how CRISPR, talons and RNAi work, let's compare ease of experimental design, efficiency, off-target effects, flexibility, and applications. Ease of design. In terms of ease of design, siRNAs are easiest, followed by sgRNAs for CRISPR, with talons being the most labor-intensive. SiRNAs can be designed to target almost any mRNA at any locus. The CRISPR targeting system is more restricted as sgRNAs must be designed for DNA sequences that are adjacent to PAM sequences. Finally, talons are also used in pairs, so there would be double the design work. Ease of experimental setup. In terms of ease of experimental setup, siRNA are also easiest, followed by CRISPR, followed by talons. SiRNA need only be delivered as one transgene and utilizes the cell's host machinery to achieve detectable gene knockdown in only 24 hours.
0: Kind of sounds familiar. Maybe this is why everyone's dying within 24 to 48 hours. So this is the easiest and the fastest way. It will hijack your own cell's machinery in order to achieve the silencing or the knockdown, as they call it, that they want. They're not eliminating the gene because they know that if they eliminate it, a lot of people can die and that would be adverse. So they can have a few people die and get the desired effect anyway.
19: CRISPR requires the delivery of not only SGRNA but also the Cas9 nuclease. Because of this, it may be difficult to use smaller viral expression systems, such as adeno-associated viruses.
0: So in other words, this isn't CRISPR.
19: Talons are even more difficult to clone, as they have larger, repetitive sequences and require double the cloning work, as they must be used in pairs. Ease of experimental validation. In terms of experimental validation, different techniques are available depending on the system you use. With RNAi, you can assess gene knockdown by measuring mRNA levels using QRT-PCR and protein levels using Western blot. If mRNA levels are decreased, but protein levels remain the same, protein turnover may simply be slow. If mRNA levels remain the same, but protein levels decrease, the siRNA may be inhibiting translation rather than degrading mRNA. Experimental setup typically requires one to two days. However, an antibody for Western blot may not be available.
0: Do you see why you get two doses now? Because... It could be that there's not enough. It may be not degrading the mRNA of your gene that they wish to shut up, right? It may simply be blocking the transcription. So if you get another dose, not only will it block the transcription, remember here, I said, oh, it's not really doing this, right? Over here, it's just blocking. So basically, you give the mRNA, and then you have a protein to fight SARS, right? You have a protein to fight SARS. So then they give you the mRNA, but you're not making the protein to fight SARS. So that means since there's still some protein, it's not, deg- you still have the mRNA in there. So it's just blocking making the protein. It's not degrading the mRNA to create the protein. It needs to silence the ability to create the mRNA needed to create this protein, because right now you have enough f- mRNA in your body to create this protein. After you get the virus that has the siRNA or their messenger RNA, you still have the messenger RNA to make the protein, but you're not making enough. So you're just slowing it down. You're not degrading this. The ideal would be to degrade that and that. So maybe you'll get a second dose.
19: The percentage of edited setup typically requires one to two days. However, an antibody for Western blot may not be available.
0: Oh, this means that antibody tests may not be concise. <laughs> Sounds so familiar. <laughs> so we can skip over CRISPR and Talon because we know that that's not what they're using.
19: Good is best to use depends on the project goal. If the goal is to study a gene's function, knocking out a gene using CRISPR or Talons. Results in a more dramatic change in phenotype versus knocking down a gene using RNAi.
0: So, if you knock out a gene using CRISPR talons, look, the mice all get darker. If you use the mRNA method, where you use RNA interference, um, it doesn't make it super dark. It just makes it a little bit dark. So the whatever your goal is, is to change skin color, maybe not believe in God, maybe not be able to you know, have babies. It might not be as dramatic as this effect. Cutting stuff out is never recommended. Uh, Craig Ventner is proof of that.
19: If, however, knocking out the gene results in cell death or reduced cell fitness, it may be more suitable to use RNAi. Oh,
0: that's a good reason.
19: If the goal is to study a mutation associated with a genetic disease, CRISPR or talons are able to introduce genetic mutations, whereas RNAi cannot.
0: So CRISPR and talons can introduce genetic mutations. RNAi cannot. But here's the thing. First, you're going to do RNAi to see the effects of silencing. Are they satisfactory? And then you start experimenting with this. Well, it's kind of working. Not everyone's dead. So that's okay. Now we could go ahead
19: and just knock it out and we'll have a few deaths, but okay. If the goal is to do a high throughput screening project, CRISPR or RNAi systems scale easily for each target sequence. On the other hand, Creation of Talon libraries are much more labor and cost intensive to design and clone. But
0: Talons are more specific. So they're going to be collecting the data from all these vaccinations in order to create these amazing talents. Now, speaking of silence therapeutics, we are going to go to a guy that's complaining that he owns the intellectual property of gene silencing, which is the mRNA RNAi. I want you to see this. This is from 2016, where he's complaining that people stole his intellectual property. Recent legal advice suggests the patents that protect its gene silencing technology could represent a significant proportion of the current market capitalization of the company. So says Chief Executive Ali Motazavi, who joins me
15: now. Hello there, Ali. Now tell me more about those patents and what it means for company strategy.
20: Hello, Juliet. Yes. Um, in terms of our kind of focus of our company. We really are an out and out drug development company. We're really in the business of trying to make novel drugs, um, particularly <coughs> liver focused and hepatocyte focused uh, drugs. Um, however, like, as you said in your, in your introduction, uh, the ability to do that has got a, a whole host of inherent and issued IP. Um, so, by definition, as well as having freedom to operate ourselves, um, our IP may be relevant to, to other can- drug candidates by other parties. Uh, so there's kind of two aspects of the business. So starting with that, with the IP side, uh, we, we you know, we're, we're of the opinion that we have some pretty core and fundamental IP in the gene silencing space. Kind of more specifically in, in, in simplistic terms. We, have a particular piece of IP, one of many, but this particular piece of IP which stabilizes an RNA, and by stabilizers I mean it allows the RNA a kind of safe transit from, if you like, from serum into a cell. Uh, it stops the RNA from being degraded and attacked by sort of nucleases and things like that. It's particularly important for anyone who wants to silence a gene. Ultimately, this short interfering RNA has to get into a cell. And so we think that's a fundamental, core, and extremely broad IP, which we think could derive great value for us.
0: So so how does the the legal process work? So he's complaining that he found what yellow dye 5 and other things uh, that can help in making sure that the RNA gets to where it is. Now, here are the last two things you're going to learn about. The last one is going to be really mind-blowing. But we're going to go with... Micro RNA, oh that's right. MRNA gene silencing. Because a lot of people will be like, well that was RNA interference. Well, that's what it does when it's active, but it gets delivered by this.
17: This is a cell, the basic unit of all living organisms. Our body consists of different cell types like skin, muscle, or bone cells. They have different structures and functions but contain similar components like the nucleus. The nucleus contains the DNA that encodes the instructions for cell development and function. This information is arranged into segments of DNA called genes. Almost every cell contains identical copies of DNA, but if there are the same instructions for all cells, why are there so many different types? The reason is gene silencing. Genetic information can be switched off. So, during development, a cell only reads instructions that are necessary for gaining the characteristic structures and functions. For gene silencing, a cell can use a microRNA. This powerful molecule is able to turn off genes by inactivating messenger RNAs, which are necessary for translating the genetic information into proteins. In this way, genes can be turned off. MicroRNAs participate in the regulation of the cell from its development to its death. Their dysregulation can have serious consequences for our body and can cause a range of diseases such as cancer and heart disease. Having such a big impact on our life, microRNAs deserve a closer look. So let's start at the beginning.
0: Okay, before it starts at the beginning, I wanted to tell you something. as. Uh, Your muscle cells, your brain cells, your heart cells, your... Gastric cells, all your cells of your body are different. They have different functions. The proteins made by your neuronal cells are not going to be the same proteins that your muscle cells will be creating. Therefore, in your muscle cells, that part of the DNA that, you know, creates proteins that are needed in your brain is going to be silenced. So mRNA within yourself is created to silence that portion of DNA. Okay. And the same thing goes for your brain cells. It's not going to produce, you know, proteins and um, other products that your heart cells need because that's a different tissue and that's a different organ. So it's going to be silenced. Okay. So just so you understand, mRNA by your body is used to silence portions of your DNA. Okay. Just Pointing that out.
17: Similar to proteins, the genes coding for microRNAs are contained in the nucleus in the DNA. Each gene is transcribed by RNA polymerase 2, which produces either a regulatory or a messenger RNA. In this case, the transcript is a primary microRNA, which forms a typical hairpin loop structure. It will become the final microRNA with regulatory function after several steps of processing. First, the double-stranded stem is recognized by the protein DGCR8. An enzyme called Drosha associates with DGCR8 to form a microprocessor complex, which is able to cut the RNA into a smaller precursor microRNA. It can now be exported into the cytoplasm, where it will inactivate the messenger RNA of one or multiple genes. The precursor microRNA is carried out of the nucleus through a nuclear pore by the transporter molecule xportine right.
0: five. See, like I said, you can't just exit and enter the nucleus. But what did you see? The mRNA that your body made was clipped, so that way it can go into the cytoplasm to silence the other mRNAs. So again, they don't need to put mRNA into your nucleus. It needs to hang out outside and just silence the shit out of the stuff they want to silence.
17: In the cytoplasm, it is recognized by a large RNA's protein called Dicer. Dicer cleaves the stem loop and forms a short double-stranded microRNA molecule. In the next step, an argonaut protein AGO2 interacts with Dicer to bind the microRNA. The microRNA is unwound and one strand is released. The remaining strand, called the guide strand, interacts with AGO2 and some additional proteins to form the RISC the RNA-induced silencing complex. It can now be guided to its target and inactivate one or multiple genes. The messenger RNA of a target gene is complementary to the sequence of the microRNA. That enables base pairing. Once bound, there are two ways in which risk can inactivate the mRNA. Proteins in the complex can simply cut the messenger RNA, which will be further destroyed by the cell. Inhibition of translation is
0: just like before didn't it say that when they inject the 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 viral vector with the mRNA if it's still making the protein it doesn't mean it's destroying the RNA RNA which is what you're seeing here it's not destroying the mRNA but it's just inhibiting it meaning it's getting stuck so it's not getting stuck to break it but it's just getting stuck sometimes and then you need a second dose you see where i'm going with this
17: is another mechanism in this case the risk complex prevents the ribosome subunit from binding in both cases the messenger rna will not be translated into a protein and the gene is silenced
0: So it'll either silence it by leaving the mRNA there and just hanging out, or it silences it by destroying it. Remember how it said, oh, you still had the protein, which means it was silencing it a little bit, but it wasn't destroying it. So that's why you need another dose.
17: Since their discovery in the 90s, major parts of the microRNAs pathway still remain unclear. However, with their essential role in many biological processes, microRNAs offer great potential for medicine and might lead to key treatments of various diseases in the future.
0: All right, so now we end the show with showing you exactly where they were going with this. Well, keep in mind, this is quite alarming. I'm telling you that now. So if you don't want to know, um, don't watch, okay? Because this is about to get real, real, real. Um, And you're going to see that a child can do it. The video is quite bad, but it's remained under the radar for over 12 years on the Internet. Okay? So possibly after this showing, it might go bye-bye. Let's
19: learn how to make a Buddha card. Let's learn
18: how to make a Buddha card. I'm going to send
0: the photo to the printer. What you're seeing is a little girl showing you how she's sending a picture of a specific plant to a printer. Just pay attention.
1: Personalize your plant photos. We are using RFID technology to tell a story about Nicotiana benthamiana, a close relative of tobacco. Nicotiana benthamiana is from remote regions of Australia and was rediscovered as a model plant to study gene silencing. Siege, or cytoplasmic inhibition of gene expression, was a method to silence the endogenous expression of genes in transfected plants. The initial test was to deliver antisense RNA to the cytoplasm of cells. The target sequence encoded phytoene desaturase, an enzyme involved in the biosynthesis of colored carotenoids. Since the colored compounds protect chlorophyll, blocking the pathway would lead to photobleaching. The expected outcome was a white leaf. Images of phenotypes are memories from the past. Rapid mobile methods have been developed to instantly recall these visions and connect them to gene sequences. To me, tag, shoot, and share have two meanings. The initial shot was from a recombinant virus that was used to silence plant gene expression. The second shot was from a camera that was able to capture the moment in time. We are using RFID and cellular technology to share these events. We hope that one day that cell phones and tags will be used as common tools in plant biology and medicine. Imagine a time when scientists can experience an event, immediately record the information on a tag sample, and store it in liquid nitrogen. At a later point in time, a cell phone can be used to retrieve, recall, and share the information without falling out the sample. Well, the time is now. The vision is a reality. RFID plant molecular biology the distribution of the liquid on the leaf surface. The phenotype of this plant is the bleaching of the leaves, which.
15: Will eventually turn white, signifying that a cytoplasmic inhibition of, of this clone's G, DXR, using cytoplasmic inhibition method.
0: So, as you could see, uh, this was the beginning of a very big experiment. What they did was. They inserted mRNA into the cytoplasm, not the nucleus, the cytoplasm using, well, for them, because the plants have stomata that don't need carriers, you know, like holes, like you saw in the nucleus pores. It could just go in with something wet. It gets absorbed into the plant and it goes through the genetic code, like the previous video that I showed you where the guy had changed the genetics and it moved through their vascular system, their cytoplasm which is the fluid that bathes all that stuff in your body, in the cell, right? In the cell, right? What surrounds the nucleus, where the stuff flows around, where the mRNA hangs out, right? So this is it. They're showing you that, but they also RFID tagged it with phones, which is so funny that these vaccine passports will be showing if you are vaccinated. I'm trying to make this clear. Now, what they started was was to link up the RFID externally, but right now with graphene and the 33 triple A codons, that's where you get the sticky feet of graphene, which is... Mm. So...
8: ...with the uh, viral
15: vector and uh, the <laughs> It has an effect on photo bleaching, bleaching of the leaves, and this portion is already turning white.
11: That's a one.
9: So the tag here, this is a leaf I just collected from that tree, endangered wine here.
0: So they were using RFID technology in order to be able to track the changes. And this is when they couldn't track anything else. So there you go today, understanding exactly what this vaccine is capable of. It's not only going to silence your genes, but it will give them the ability to track you. Ever thought why your phones will be how they will find you? Hmm, you are the RFID. Now, is the degradation of um graphene in the body a problem? No. We went over this when we did the niobium and the um graphene kind of discussions. Over the years, I've talked about graphene. Over the years, I told you about a friend of mine that created mass production of graphene in a red cup in his garage, which is insane. And he sold part of, well, he didn't sell, but... If you want a laboratory to recreate your thing in the United States of America, they need to own part of your patent. So they own most of his patent on how to create mass production of graphene oxide in a red cup. He literally did it in a red cup. So this is how they track you. I mean, we have our phones, but now you'll be the, and with 5G, so much easier, So the point is, is that this vaccine is not only going to silence specific genes they want, but it will actually allow them to track you perfectly. Now, how is this important? Well, in history, throughout time, U.S. history, that is, the biggest theft of rights happened right after 9-11. 9-11, everyone forfeit their right to privacy because they were scared. They were terrified. They thought they were all going to die. So what did they do? That's fine. You can look at me when I'm in my toilet. You could totally follow me around. You could totally have a database with my face. Yep, yep, yep. You can take it. And now they want you to say, okay, you could totally track me genetically and know exactly where I am. And you'll know if I'm working or if I send someone else. And if I'm the door dasher and my name is Charlene, but, you know, AJ shows up at my door, uh, they're going to know. They're going to know if you're car sharing in your DoorDash, in their car sharing in your Uber. There's a patent for that. They're going to know because they know your genetic code and your genetic code is specific to you. So this is where they know everything. They won't even need to puncture you anymore. So that's number one. Number two is, well, there's a lot of genes that they wish they could knock out, kind of like smart genes or higher thinking genes or God genes or whatever that is. If you're smarter, they want to make you stupider. And if you're stupider, they want to make you just enough smart so you can obey and listen. And maybe they'll want to amplify a certain amount of genes and maybe they want to silence your gene to be able to make fertile eggs maybe they want to silence your gene as a woman to not have a great trilaminar in your uterus so you can house that fetus and have that baby maybe they can shrink the balls of men and make sure that the swimmers don't have three mitochondria but they only have one there therefore um survival of the fittest oh unfortunately only us the elites can reproduce and that has to do because you're too dumb and you're eating crap for food kind of like genetically modified things which is everywhere right now. If you've ever tested your pH of your bottled water, you will see which ones are actually lying to you. So this is it. They bank on you trusting them because innately humans are good and they bank on you trusting them. Now, trusting a human being is one thing. Trusting your overlords is another. So this has been going on for a long time and it's time to wake up. And, um, damn, this show ran real over. I hope that helps. Damn, the internet didn't want this out. Now you know what mRNA is. Now you know exactly what kind of power you've given them. And now you know why it's experimental. That's it. God bless everyone. We'll see how this works out.